This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, any of you guys ever do uh, Airbnb before? Yeah. yeah. Is it? Yeah? Yes. I have not. Have you? No, I never have. Yeah. I don't uh, like that idea. My best friend does it. He's, he says it's great because you kind of... Um, uh, you feel like you're you're in, in your home. It's it's a little more personal. It's a little more um, uh, the access is it's a little less sterile than a than a hotel room. I've and, rented homes. I mean, I have right. houses, yeah, and, and uh, with zero issues. But I know that sometimes there are. My right. wife has done it, and has had actually uh, when they went to Yellowstone, they did they did a, a, an Airbnb. Yeah, I always get uh, skeptical and, of of what you're gonna. I, I, I just do, don't I, like people to record me taking a dump. Well, that's we, my thing. We recently did one in March for a bachelorette party, and it ended up being great. The house was, was beautiful. It was in a location that when we got there, we were like, oh, no, what did we do? Right. But we walked in, and it was perfectly fine, and it was close to what we were doing. So, cool. And you so, felt comfortable with all, I mean, because I think you're like yeah, well, me. And, and you're, well, that's what I mean. I'm always skeptical of yeah. it. I didn't plan it. Somebody else did. I was just going. Right. Um, but it ended up. Working out really nice. Huh. All right. Well, Airbnb, apparently, Steve sent me this uh, article, uh, has a secretive team to keep disaster stays out of the press, and they will give blank oh, wow. checks really? to help people like rape victims. Oh, oh dear God. And Whoa. pay to clean up dismembered human remains. Oh, my God. Kathy, no. this is real. No, they have a, a massive slush fund what? to keep this stuff out of the press. Now, I don't know how many of these incidents have <laughs> taken place. I doubt it's like, you know, the norm. Oh but God. the short-term property rental company has spent an estimated $50 million every year on payouts to hosts and guests when things go oh. wrong. As according to a Bloomberg oh. Businessweek report, which interviewed several former members of of the secretive safety team that they have. The team is known as the black box inside of the firm. Uh, that's insane. I thought you were going to bring up the story where now the um, house rental companies, the different ones, Airbnb and all the other ones, VBRO and all those, are going to work together to um, give information about the people that are renting them and having those big parties mm. so that that doesn't, you know, those huge, right. well, enormous court- parties that destroy houses. Right. They're yeah. going to work together so they have those names and they're not renting to those same people. So this is where they might step in this team might step in and pay the, the homeowners some restitution if 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 it got away and, okay. and and they want to avoid stories like that getting out of the press. Yeah. Well, there was just a story that made it off. out of press, and I think it was in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And they was at the Kathy one of those things, big house party. They were tearing the TVs off the walls, all of that stuff, That's massive crazy. brawl. So the the black box team is made up of around 100 agents across uh, cities, including Dublin, Montreal, and Singapore, several of whom have backgrounds in the military or emergency services. Um, team members have the power to spend any amount of money uh, tackling the worst crises at their rentals, including sexual assaults, murders, and deaths, uh, providing support to guests and hosts, on, and also working to keep the incidents out of the public eye. So in one incident, this particular one, a rape victim received a $7 million payout in exchange for agreeing to not imply responsibility or liability on Airbnb or the host after a career criminal used a duplicate key to enter a New York City rental and attacked her at knife point. And then it goes into the details uh, about this particular case, so their 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 charge is to come in, and they are given carte blanche to throw money at whatever problem to, to we to make it go away. 
Yep. So this raises questions about the scale of shocking incidents that are taking place at Airbnb properties. Several former Airbnb safety agents said that they had to arrange for contractors to cover uh, bullet holes in the walls of properties or hire body fluid crews to clean blood off of the floors. The See, fact that, that, that it, they have to have these teams at all is well, not a good sign. If you think about the the, the amount of rentals that there are out there, you're going to yeah. have, you know, sure. statistically a Stuff's going to spray. Because it's not, I mean, you're, you're, you are essentially putting trust in the renters and the people who are, who are the owners. That's two, two groups you're yeah, relying on. Yeah. So, the, the, the rentor and the rentee. And these are average people and, and they, you know, some people are better than others. Uh, others said that they had uh, provided support to guests who had been assaulted by guests and had resorted to hiding in wardrobes are running from secluded cabins from the perpetrators. Uh, the team has covered costs, including for counseling, new accommodations, flights, and sexually transmitted disease tests. Oh, no. Health costs for rape survivors, among other things. Um, and, in fact, this is pretty wild. Airbnb hired uh, high-profile political crises experts to work on the team, including Nick Shapiro, former National Security <laughs> Council advisor to Barack Obama and deputy chief of staff at the Central Intelligence Agency. <laughs> this deputy chief of the CIA now works for Airbnb. To, to, wow. to come in on, yeah. on, a, on, a, on a response team. He is their crisis manager. So Shapiro, who has since left the role, though, he's not there anymore, uh, told Bloomberg the crises facing the company... Uh, reminded him of uh, the White House Situation Room. Uh, he said, this brought me back to the feelings of confronting truly horrific matters at Langley and in the Situation Room at the White House. Uh, he was two weeks into the job when the New York City rape happened on New Year's Day in 2016. Uh, the unidentified Australian woman who was 29 at the time and a group of friends rented a first-floor apartment uh, and a guy had used a, a, a duplicate key because he had rented there before. So... And got in and and uh, and and raped this woman. As I was reading this article, President, and it occurs to me too. So we always hear about the renters, but but let's say, would you feel confident? Okay, with your house, would you feel confident if you were leaving for a while? Now you have a, you have a shore property, right? Turning that over to AB, uh, Airbnb uh, and allowing another because for me they go in and I you know. They have access to your. Key. They could make key imprints. They could. Right. They could get all sorts of access that could haunt you later on. Well, I, w- I was talking to my friend, uh, my buddy Steve, who who does Airbnb quite a bit. He said most of the time it's a keypad. Is it? Uh, and they change the all the, right. uh, the codes regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would never turn over my home. Right where we live, there's too many personal items yeah. there. That's 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 yeah. the thing. There's you know uh, clothes and 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 you know porn, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, at a shore property. I could be a little bit more um, com- comfortable, right, right, in uh, in doing something like that okay. because yeah. sensitive materials like our passports and things like that are not there. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. Yeah, renting your home can be even if it's a vacation mm. home can be a nightmare. I'm uh, sure. Yeah, but my parents did um, their home as Airbnb. I think we talked about it on the air, but um, it, they have a whole separate. Uh, apartment basically in their basement and it's it's you know has a bathroom has a kitchen like it can be used so they were they put it up on airbnb for a little bit they fully got scammed with like somebody showing up at their house at 2 30 in the morning they had to call the cops because they got nervous mm. and i was like enough like 
stop. Why? Yeah. Why well, invite I, I, that we, upon yourself? We made them take it down. Me yeah. and my brother. We were like, look, you you are not going to get into the this. escort service. Well, <laughs> I think that's what my mom is doing now. <laughs> the other part of it, though. <laughs> the other part of it, though, is uh, what I wouldn't like doing uh, about it is you have to be uh, essentially a landlord or manager of the, exactly. of the property. Exactly. If they've got an issue with whatever, maybe you overlooked something or whatever, yeah. they're going to call you up and you got to go in and you got to go take care yeah. of whatever that is. A lot of times you, the, they hire um, like services. So, oh, really? Yeah, so, so, the so there's an intermediary, actually, Kathy? Okay. Yeah, so a friend of mine who has actually where we shot the calendar, remember where yes. they had that oh, yeah. raging bachelor party yeah. the morning we were supposed yeah. to be there? Right, exactly. Um, so that all went through a service, which was part of the mix up um and so th- they didn't have the dates correct and um yeah so if something happens like that they'll take care of it because he's not here he's so, not here to do it so kathy to preston's point though about uh, and i i agree with you be, having to be like a like a, a manager it, is a big yes. or whatever, so does yeah. does does airbnb provide a uh somebody who serves as the contact the point person if they are having issues yeah so i think his is like an outside service i right. don't i'm not sure if airbnb does that but i know that he has a service that comes in, runs his Airbnb and all of his rentals. So when people were dismembered in your parents' apartment, <laughs> how did they, they handle were that? Dismembered. Yeah, they uh, called the wolf. All right, get Clorox. Yeah. <laughs> I need a tub. Um, yeah, that would be too much uh, to it, take yeah. on. Rochelle could probably do it. I couldn't. I mean, she's more organized than I am, but. You'd, um, you'd get the dates wrong. You'd be there and oh, somebody would be sleeping in the bed with me. you, you know. Yeah, yeah you just, hire a management company. It's just so much easier that way, and you don't have to worry about it. Like, I, I, I wouldn't just even want to, I wouldn't even want to, like, do long-term rentals. Like, I wouldn't want to be a, a landlord, so to speak. Right. Because you have to put up with all of it. Chuck was a landlord. And he didn't care for it. It, it. sucks. He had, he had to do a ton of work. Uh, uh, to uh, to this property and helping these people out and all this stuff and it sounded like a nightmare to me personally. So it's I don't a know. lot of work. Yeah, yeah. I, and I also don't have the know how. <laughs> unless yeah. you're, yeah. unless you're a deadbeat landlord, that's the way to go. Yeah, you can't be reached. You let everything fall into disrepair. <laughs> that's the way to go. Slum like lord. a slumlord. I could. Oh do man, that. they've got it. <laughs> Those guys got it down. And you can't believe how much they save <laughs> by letting not. You know, paying for heat and things like that. They're just being economical. Yeah. That's all there is to Let it. Let me give you some walls and stuff. Let me go to Kristen. Hi, Kristen. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. What's uh, So you are a, uh, you you rent out a property. We do. We have a property in the, in the Poconos. How in long the... have you been doing that? Just for a year. Okay. And how's your experience so far? So far, we've been really lucky. I think we've had a lot of luck with people who have been just trying to get away during the pandemic, and people have been, like, really respectful, small families visiting. Mm -hmm. So um, looking forward to our first full summer and a little nervous, though, because, you know, you do hear those stories. Well, let me ask you, Kristen. So as you have this property, did did you sort of... Did you sort of prep it, to to Kathy's point? Do you you extract everything that... I mean, what do you do to make it suitable where you feel confident enough to rent it out to other people? Yeah, so we use it a couple of months out of the year, and I block it so that um, we can have our own things there during that time. When we're not there, we have an owner's closet. Um, you know, to your point, we don't keep any personal, you know, materials, passports, obviously, things like that up there. But, like, even clothing and things that we want to leave so they're there if we want to go up when we have nobody renting are in a locked closet. All right. Um 
Yeah, and then we have, um, you know, just a keypad entry, like like Kathy was saying, just so we can turn that over and not have people have, you know, any kind of access once they've left the property. All right, Chris, and what about um, uh, day-to-day needs? You guys don't live in the Poconos, I assume, so Correct. that's a long distance. If they need something right away, who do they reach out to? So right now um, we have a, a, a person who does our property management. They live in the area. Um, right. We've considered going to a larger company. But, yeah, you really kind of, I mean, we're a two-hour drive with no traffic. So unless there's, like, a real emergency, it's, it's pretty difficult for us well, to get up there. How did you find that person to do this? Um, we actually, when we were, were looking to purchase the place, we... Um, Worked with our real estate agent to find local contacts, okay. cleaning service, things like that, because, you know, we, we knew the area from vacationing up there, but not from a business perspective. And a lot of times they're just hobos living in the woods you can hire to watch the property, That's right? right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Actually, it works yeah, out. they work for cans of beans. Cans like of that. beans, yeah. and, and if you give them a nice harmonica. Right. <laughs> True. No, all right, so, so it's working out for you, all right? That's good. No dismemberment, no nothing. You've been good so far. So far. Okay. All right. We'll hope your streak continues. Thanks. All right. All right. Thank you very much. Bye. Uh, here's a text that says, uh, uh, just like that, my dream of renting Preston's house and trying on his underwear is dashed. Ah, oh, damn it. Sorry. Well, we keep a, a, a tub of your underwear here for us to try on. A tub? On. Yeah. We have a tub of it? <laughs> Send me an email. I'll give you his codes. <laughs> I'm going to go to Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Gadzooks. Gadzooks, buddy. All right, so you rent out a place on Airbnb, right? Yes, sir. My wife and I own a log cabin in the Adirondacks. We rent it out about 300 nights a year. Wow. 300 nights a year. So that's over 299 nights a year. Right. Yeah. That is just over that. I yeah. think. Yeah. I um, think so. All right, and how how long have you been doing it, Andrew? Uh, about two and a half years or so. All right, everything Very been good, or any, have, you, have you had any incidents? No, no real incidents, like... I, I was listening to the last person. Like nine out of ten people are generally are really really nice. Yeah. Um. But like anything in life, there's that one person who's just absolutely insane in their requests and what they want. And it's like we're not Hiltons, right? So yeah. people really people really get crazy. But yeah, no dismemberment. Everyone leaves. <laughs> so Andrew, what 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 for people who are uh, you as a as a person with a property? What what sort of restrictions do you set to mitigate those expectations of people who are going to rent from you? No, Steve, great question. So uh, a couple of things for anyone out there looking to do it. Like it's like party size is really important. So like how many people? So we started off with eight, which was so dumb because then you'd have like like that you know the epic bachelor parties show up and they would drink like nine hundred beers in a weekend. <laughs> right. Um, age is also somewhat important so we raised the age so we just got different types of people coming in in terms of like couples and families and they're much more respective of the homes um yeah like simple things like that can be so helpful um but like everyone kind of learns like we had we said six people and then one time we had 12 people show up so you know we were obviously not happy right Um, but little things like that can help yeah you don't necessarily know how many people they're actually going to have but if you set a restriction at a lower number at least if they go over that's still going to be on the lower number who do you have taking care of the property in between rentals uh it's a good question so because it's a six hour drive for us we actually have a, a a local guy up there shout out to bill Bill, Bill takes care of our property. Um, it, he's awesome. So it's, it's like anything in life. You just got to find really good people. And, uh, Andrew, do you run like a credit check on your renters, or how does that work? 
No, so we use like a listing service. So it goes through like all the major ad sites, so like Airbnb and uh, VRBO. So like they do a lot of the management of like verifying people are good and they manage kind of the, the cash flow and stuff. Um, but there is a lot of trust of like, you know, is this person an axe murderer? Like those things are really hard to figure out. Mm. Andrew, is it is it worth the, the cost? You know, you have to pay this guy, your caretaker, if you will. Uh, you have to uh, do the upkeep on the house and everything. Is it is it really, is it worth it monetarily? Yeah, no, Preston, great question. Generally speaking for us, the answer has been yes. I mean, my wife and I get to use it. We probably live up there six weeks a year now. So huh. like, we get free vacations. And then we've got some really good stories to tell, so I would yeah. say yeah. I mean, just the limbs you find around the house alone, that's, that's got to be it. So there's Airbnb, and there was another one you mentioned? VRBO. And then there's BO, but I heard that stick. But do we? Yeah. I've heard commercials say Verbo. Yeah. I think Is it Verbo? Verbo, okay. VRBO. I don't, yeah, I don't know. All right. Okay. Well, Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, you guys are the best. Thank, Thank you. Man. Yeah, no, I do hear that people with rental properties said that, that the... Um, that the money you make off of that can, it. It can cover it. And, and to me, that so if you get a property with that in mind, I just, to me, the notion of people who like turn over their, you know, they're, oh, they're going away for a while and then turn right. over their actual their home. Their home. Yeah, like, I could, really? I couldn't you could, no. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But but to be able to, if if it is like he said, you know, they're in the Anirondacks, it's further away, sure. they're only going to use it a few weeks out of the year. It's just going to sit there empty doing anything, and it could be a money Generating maker. money, yeah. So why not use it for that? You Pay know? your caretaker with beans and a harmonica um, in your set. <laughs> here's a text that says, uh, now, you know, we've heard good stories here, but the, the, we started off this conversation with these nightmare stories. Um, but it says, uh, this text says, friends of mine have major issues with Airbnb, um, of their home. Uh, it, uh, ended up becoming a police matter and tens of thousands of dollars Jeez. Uh, in damage. They began their own company at the shore in the Atlantic City and Brigantine area, uh, called Rescue Rentals to help people rent their, uh, properties. They can be found on Facebook, it says. So I, and they, they had a real big time issue with that so much so that they created their own company right wow we liked it so much we created our own company uh hang on i'm gonna go to michael michael good morning hey good morning guys hey what's up my man so uh i had booked a place down in isla Morada a couple months ago um uh, and just before probably about 12 days before I was supposed to show up down there, Airbnb sent me an email said, please verify your identity, which I did. I used my passport card, sent them the picture of it. Well, that evening I get an email from Airbnb saying your reservation has been canceled, your money has been refunded, and your account's deactivated for a criminal records match. Oh, my God. So I... I contacted Airbnb and like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I have no criminal record. I work for the government in a secret, with a secret clearance. You know, I know what my security background check looks like. And they're like, well, we use an outside company and there must have been some kind of match to your name. And, you know, I'm still dealing with this. Uh, you know, 10 days before I left, I had to rebook where I was staying, change my flight plans, change my rental car plans. And it cost me, you know, a considerable amount of money. So, so Michael, you have you have you say you have special clearance as this. Have you been able to, to track down why this is flagging you? It seems like you have almost an exemplary record. Yes, exactly. And no, they have been nothing but 
quiet on all my email attempts to contact them. There's no, huh. you know, phone number. There's no person to talk to. It's all been through email, and they've yet to, you know, get back to me to say exactly what it is. You know, Airbnb keeps pushing it off on the company that did the security background huh. on me, and then the security background check keeps pushing it off on Airbnb. Like, they really don't want to, you know, do anything, because they know I'm in the right. Right. Um, you know, and it's going to probably end up, because I told them that I was going to, whatever cost that I incur because of changing all my plans, I'm going to send to you. So, do you know, do you know yeah, what I do? They, it, 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 it sounds like you need to go dismember them. That's yeah, oh, what yeah. I think, right? I, I think you're absolutely <laughs> right. Absolutely. Now right. that you know you they have a, I got a criminal record. Now yeah. I got a, yeah. you now a criminal yeah. record. <laughs> I know you have a slush fund, so you'll yeah. be able to clean it up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. But, I mean, if anything, they are doing, you know, their due diligence to make sure they're, you know, not getting rapists and, uh, you know, people that want to dismember. <laughs> no, I mean, they're trying to err on the side of caution, but you're obviously you can't lock out people who have legitimate, you know, or legitimately able to rent and should be. That's that's wild. Yeah. Right. I've heard about yeah. people dogged by that, like, who, you know, get a no-fly list and stuff like that, and they can't. They can't figure right. out what this. I hope it about. works out for you, Michael. Thanks, man. Uh, hey, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, we had a problem with Rochelle's name being similar to somebody who had a sketchy. Oh, really? Record. Oh, yeah. And it, w- it was difficult to get that uh, cleared up when we're going for loans and things like and, that. And, and, and just, uh, yes, I remember you're going oh, through that. Yeah, my, yeah. my cousin, Hitler Charles Manson, had the same thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> Could not get a loan. Uh, here is another one that says, uh, my parents rented out their Pocono house long term. The renters destroyed it. Oh, there were literally, there was literally puke all over the floors and garbage cans filled to the top of dog crap, ruined carpets, ruined furniture, cost them $25,000 just to get it cleaned. So, mm. is there some sort of um, insurance thing or when you go yeah, through Airbnb, is there some sort of... Yeah, there's renter's insurance. I mean, and you can... Oh. You can... Uh, buy it as a renter, and you can buy it as somebody who's renting out a house. So, I mean, there's always a, a coverage plan. But so, Airbnb's Airbnb is simply a conduit. They provide no other ancillary services. Uh, In other words, well, they, with insurance or things of that nature, they can provide the the middleman, like we've been talking about, for um, you know, for cleaning services and for um, uh, you know, linen services. Right, and right. Those lines, yeah. I guess mainly they're the platform, right, right, uh, to find this stuff. They're the repository of all of these rentals, and and they do it in a in a really you know I guess an efficient way to find to, to make it easy to find what you want. Like Uber, you want it. it's Uber, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, exactly. So and they also have the phone number for the Wolf Preston. Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just in case. You need a quick cleanup. Uh, let's see. I will go to Trisha. Hi there, Trisha. Hey guys, how are you this morning? Awesome. How you doing? All right. All right. So Trisha, you are a renter. Do you use Airbnb? So, no, I'm actually an owner. Oh, all right. Okay. I'm sorry. That's what I meant. I meant you rent out. Uh, so yeah, do, do you use, out. do you use Airbnb for your property? No. Okay. No, we don't. Because, uh, we, we have a property down the shore for over 20 years. And uh, Airbnb is a hassle. It's, <laughs> it's a hassle. So, How so? Well, when you're trying to rent out such a short season, it's it's not really conducive to doing one or two nights for a for a five bedroom house. So that's one reason why we just don't do it. Okay. But we've we've had so many issues. Like we just do it on our own. Pretty much, we use a little bit VRBO. But one time, uh, we used in the beginning we used a realtor, and they double booked us. Mm-hmm. And so we, they put it back on us, and we had to find the renter a, a place to stay for the week. Ew. So we said, okay, forget that. But one time we had a bunch of New Yorkers 
from New York City come. It was probably like 15, at least 15 years ago, over Christmas. And they brought, <laughs> I don't remember how many magnums of liquor. And we saw remnants of every single Christmas ornament, a tree. And they said that they uh, they dropped the tree. I'm not quite sh- We really still can't quite figure out what happened. But they did a lot of damage to our house. So um, How much would you estimate? Oh, gosh. I... Couple thousand, probably. Right. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah. You, huh. you kind of have to uh, see through some of the people. And... It, it sounds like a hassle. It really does. Hey, how do you get word out if you if you don't use any of those services? How do you get word out about your rental? We have our own website, and we have a lot of return rentals. It's taken some time. Okay. You know, we've had families come with babies and stay with us through you know until their college and. We have about five more years, and then we're going to get rid of all of the rental furniture and move down there halfway through the season. And okay, get there out you go. Our, I, yeah. Advertising so. only fans. That's what I'd do. <laughs> all right. It's good all money. Right. Thank oh, you, Trisha. That. All right. Appreciate it. Uh, I want to go to this one uh, real quick. We're going to have to break shortly. I'm going to go to Vince. Hi, Vince. Good morning. Good morning. It. Good, good morning, morning it, man. What's going on? Nothing. Not a crazy story my ex-girlfriend told me. Uh, her, a bunch of her girlfriends, she didn't go, luckily, but a bunch of her girlfriends went down to AC for an Airbnb, and everything was fine in the beginning, but um, when they came back, they actually were pretty much held up at a robbery inside the house. Okay. Um, the renter actually had, like, an inside job with his buddies and actually would pretty much hold up people at this at this at this rental. So the person who owned the property would arrange to have someone come rob the people who were renting from it as part of his scam? Yes, correct. He would, oh. it was a digital pad and he would give his friends the code to get in and hold them up, steal cell phones, steal money, steal credit yeah. cards. And uh, the only the only reason why they knew they they tied it together was uh they were friends on Facebook. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, whatever right. happened? Did he get busted? Oh yeah, they get, definitely got busted. Uh, Airbnb Airbnb gave their money back and everything like that, like you okay. were saying earlier. <laughs> and that would have come out of this fund, probably. Yes, yep. Steve. All right, thank the you. Black Appreciate Box it. Fund. Yeah, which is a, the, this Yeesh. kind of secret portion of airbnb the security force that uh that has the ability to go and clean up these messes and pay people yeah uh, to keep it quiet right here's a text that says my buddy had to evict the lady about two years ago she left the house trashed and a 10-inch dildo suction cup to the shower wall <laughs> wow i don't want to see that we have one of those. i was just gonna say that <laughs> two of those yeah I mean, I don't want to see an inferior one. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to see yeah, yeah. I've seen you know, too many great ones. Or staying yeah. either, you know. <laughs> you know. All right. Uh, anyhow, I did not know that this uh, this part of Airbnb, this 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 arm of Airbnb exists where they uh, can clean up body parts. Yeah. Oh and God. it's uh, like splooge force, Preston. Pay off people who've been assaulted and all this other stuff. It's pretty interesting. It's a, it's um but um like a few callers said you know, you can make enough money off of that that even paying for repairs every now and then might be worth it, depending on what you're doing with your property. Interesting. So, yeah. All right, we need to take a break because we have a couple of guests coming up. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Well, check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on MMR's mobile app. Savings are in bloom at Acme. 
Get four times reward points with your Acme for You app. Look for the specially marked tags on participating items throughout the store and redeem your Acme rewards for free grocery items. Or save up to a dollar per gallon on gas at participating Exxon or mobile stations. Look for your savings and boom bonus reward points only at Acme. Valid now through April 28th. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. Download the Acme app or visit acmemarkets.com for more details. Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I just thought of something. I was about ready to uh, give the lead in for our next guest that her, her name lends itself to a hockey clap, which would be Caitlin Olsen. Caitlin Olsen. Yeah, it's great. Now she'll demand that every time. Yeah. Uh, please welcome Caitlin Olsen hey! to the show this morning. Hello. Good morning. Hi. How are you? Good. Have you ever had a name clap like that done for you, not- Caitlin? Not at six o'clock in the morning. Oh, it's been done before, but not six. Okay, it's all good. At least we got that in. Uh, Well, listen. uh, You know, obviously, we we can talk to you and Rob and and the gang at Always Sunny about anything, anytime, because you're just such easy, conversive people. But you've got this really cool thing coming up on the 13th. It's hacks. It's so cool that you're working with Gene Smart. Have, Have you been as big a fan as we all have? Oh, my God. Yeah, I got this call, and, you know, usually people are offering me some kind of, like, Sweet D knockoff character in their pilot that they're trying to develop, and I'm like, hmm, thank you so much. I already have that. Um, But I got this call, and they were like, listen, Gene Smart has a show on HBO Max. I was like, I'm in. I don't even know what you're going to say. I love her so much. Um, And I get to play her daughter, and it's just so special, and I'm really very proud of this show. Well, so we were very excited. I was looking at the uh, HBO Max has some great stuff, and and you talk about Gene Smart. She was in the miniseries for the Watchmen on HBO. Yeah. I don't know if you oh, got a chance yeah. to watch it. And uh, the fact that the same woman from Designing Woman yeah. uh, could be that badass, you know, cynical character in that, her range is phenomenal. But in this, she's sort of playing a a, a Las Vegas legendary entertainer, I guess on, on the, the border of like a Celine Dion or somebody who's maybe towards the arc, uh, her career is arced over and is on the way out. So she hires a younger uh, sort of a, a hipper comedy writer, uh, uh, and, uh, and to try to revive her career. And you're her daughter. You're the daughter of the Gene Smart character, correct? That's right. Yeah, and she doesn't want to hire this person, and this person does not want to go work for some what she perceives as washed up hack. Um, but they get kind of thrown in together, and it's sort of their story of um, two very strong uh and strong-headed comedians who have to kind of work together and i play her like uh angsty teenage but 40 year old daughter <laughs> i love that i love that so that, that and, and so you're 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 um you're, you're more of a recurring character do, do we see you right from the the get-go or do you pop up in 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 two or three episodes down the uh the line You'll see me a little bit in the first episode. Um, I have, um, you know, I'm, I just kind of pop in and out, and then I have two sort of major episodes that are all about my character. So um, I'm kind of sprinkled in there, which was actually really amazing and perfect for me because we were shooting all this during COVID with, you know, face masks and shields and zones yeah. and wearing trackers to <laughs> see which zone we had gone into. And it was pretty, <laughs> it was a weird work environment, I'm sure. It is. It Everyone is, had a similar. It is crazy, but it, it hits for me on a number of different things. First off, I, I love the whole concept of, of, of the Las Vegas environment and yeah. these legendary, we've already seen like the, when Wayne Newton was the big thing and Siegfried and Roy yeah. and those big acts that, you know, they have the, the penthouse suites and the, uh, and 
in the casinos. Yeah. And then you also have, I love the two different people who are antagonistic to each other, but it seems like, from what I've seen in the coming attractions, that there is a, uh, they kind of start to appreciate each other a little bit in certain ways. Yeah, they do, and that's the cool thing about this show is that it it, it is a hard comedy first. It's very funny, um, but it's also very kind of raw and emotional, and um, it's just sort of an actor's dream because you get to do a little bit of everything. But, yeah, they, um, they start to sort of appreciate each other, um, if not, feel like they need each other. Right, and it's, it's it's from the Parks and Rec people, correct? Yes, yes. So um, Mike Scher is executive producing it. He's the one who, who called me, but um, Jen Statsky, Paul Downs, and Lucia Agnello from Parks and Rec and um, Broad City, um, uh. they're... This has been their baby for like five years. They've been trying to get this thing going, awesome. and um, so I mean, they just knew the, the the world inside and out. And I, I mean, I'm really spoiled on Sunny. We have a great work environment. My boss is also my husband. Like the directors <laughs> kind of come and go, but we just sort of look at each other and figure out what we want to do. So when I go work on other shows, it's usually not fun and like really boring mm. and. I, I can take it for about a day. This was such a lovely, wonderful set and a completely different experience and just a whole different tone um, of show than Sunny is, even though it's a comedy. It's just very different. With Sonny and you guys just doing, you know, the straight up funny side of things, yeah. have, having to mix in these these uh, these human emotions and relations with some humor, you know, um, is that's got to be difficult on a, on a writer side. And you and Rob write all kinds of stuff. Is it? Have you ever taken a, a stab at, at trying to create something that's in that vein, or is it just out of your wheelhouse? Yeah, no, no. That's that, that's actually where I sort of wanted to head for my my next development project was a, a comedy that would also was kind of um, you know raw and had some some real emotion because I think it's so hard to pull off. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why I've shied away from doing other people's projects. So this is really the first time I felt like I, um, they did such a wonderful job writing it that it doesn't seem forced. It's not like we're being funny and then all of a sudden, like, oh, someone's trying to cry. Like, it's not, yeah. it doesn't feel like that at all. G and Jean's just, Jean and I both come from a theater background. She's also from Oregon, which I didn't know. Um oh. Yeah, and so, like, it's it's so nice. I feel like I'm, like, back in college doing, like, real theater with people. <laughs> well, well, from the different things you've been doing, and, you know, after, in conjunction with It's Always Sunny, uh, there have been little glimmers of, of um, you know, the more, um, I, I think your comedy is, is sort of going, and your roles are sort of going like a, like a Judd Apatow mix, and he can always hit sort of a... Um, there's a very human, yep. very, um, like, uh, This is 40 to me is a perfect example. There's a lot of emotion in that movie, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of comedy. And so has you, you, you're sort of indicating that that's been, you want to be very um, cautious about moving into that realm, but it's something you do want to move into. Yeah, I just don't want to be bored. I mean, I, I thank God. I mean, I'm just hit the jackpot, and I'm so lucky. I still have Sunny. I mean, we're still shooting it, so yeah. we've got at least four. Four more seasons of that. But in, you know, it, for the rest of the year, because for me that's only a couple months out of the year, um, I just don't want to bore myself. Like I want, And I don't want to bore my audience. Like, I want to keep doing different characters. I loved doing The Mick. I thought it was a great show. It was great. Um, I tried to make Mickey very, very different from Dee. But now I kind of am I'm just more aware of wanting to... Um, you know, just not bore myself. Well, right. you, had, you had flipped. You had seen me do that. As, as well. But, I mean, do you see yourself heading towards... And I'd, I'd like to see it. I think you'd be great at it. Like like a, like a straight-up, more dramatic uh, role. Uh, is that something that's on your radar? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be fun. I think yeah. it's all fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I, even nobody wants to get like painted into a box. Right. Sure. I mean, I get to kind of do a little bit of that in this show. And if I was going to do something really dramatic, I'd probably want it to be a movie, though. I don't want to do that long term. It'd be nice to right. crank out like a really great independent film that's just like, whoa, what is this? Right, I'm right. Go back to comedy for my day job. Uh, speaking of fun, Rob was doing shots of uh, tequila with Jimmy <laughs> Kimmel last night. That sounds like fun. <laughs> He came home and was like, uh, uh, Jimmy got hammered. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy got hammered. It's so funny because then I got a text from Molly, Jimmy's wife, was like, um, your husband got my husband's face and I had to drive him home. I was like, good for him. (laughs) That's funny. He's good for a couple of things. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely one of them. Uh, and with, with four more years in, and Sonny, what's, uh, what's the story on, uh, you guys, are you shooting now or is that, uh, later on? No. So they'll start the writer's room, um, this month, I think. Yeah. And then I think the goal is to start shooting in August and shoot for a couple of months. Um, and we're still kind of going back and forth about whether we're going to do it here or do it somewhere else. I don't know. Well, he's walking out right now. He's. (laughs) <laughs> what are you doing? Is that what he said? Is he, he's, wondering, is, he's wondering what I'm doing, and he's angry with you because he hasn't. Hold on a second. Okay. Hello? Yeah, Rob. What, what's happening? Hey, we're talking to your wife. <laughs> My wife? I'm the one promoting something. <laughs> hey, Rob. It's Nick. I texted Brian yesterday asking about you coming on the show, and he hasn't gotten back to me yet. <laughs> you text him, man. I'll text you from now on, man. But your wife gets back to me right away. You don't always get back to me right away. It's never it's never stopped you before from texting me. <laughs> I mean, That's right. That's Even true. when it's incredibly invasive, it's never stopped him. <laughs> yeah, we're No, no I, I, I think I may have told you guys this before, but the very first text I get every year on my birthday is from Nick McElwain. Uh-huh. It's at 3 a.m. L.A. time. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know he wakes up and immediately texts me. I think he likes being my, my first text. Like, he, I, I do. I, I, I take pride in it. It's actually, it's nice because it's, uh, Glenn is the day before you. And then, so I text him and then I'm always reminded yours is the next day. But, um, listen, I, we're going to talk to your wife again in a second, but, <laughs> but while we have you on, um, I know season two of Mythic Quest is coming out pretty soon. And then you're partnering up with, uh, is Don McCloskey going to be on, uh, an episode or going to do some music for that episode? Yes. So he's, he has a, he has a song that actually closes the entire season. Wow. Um, yeah, he, he played this, he played the single for me. Uh, I don't know, two, two, three months ago, uh, just out of the blue and said, hey, what do you think about this? And it was at the time when I was cutting the final episode of the, of the season, and I thought, man, this is such a beautiful song, and it's like kind of perfect thematically for what we're going for, and, uh, and so we put it in the show. So if people don't know, Don McCloskey is a local Philly musician. Uh, he and Rob have been friends for a long time, and, uh, and he's a great guy, so we might be chatting with him down the road, but I just wanted to give that a plug now since we actually have him on the phone. Oh, he did that song, This Just In. Yeah. This Just In. Okay. Oh, I, was... I remember yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. That was from a long time okay. ago. Yeah, he's been around for quite some time, and he's a great musician, and uh, okay. and I know that, uh, you know, Rob, you're always um, supporting local musicians, and, and you've worked with Brian Master a bunch over the years, too, so uh, it's cool to have this connection back to another TV show. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I mean, the music is incredible. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have put it in the show if it wasn't absolutely perfect. So, we're uh, we're we're super psyched. I'm super happy for Don. Yeah. So you um have a direct connection. You're the one who puts puts the music in that show. Yes. Well, I mean, I, I we have a music supervisor who suggests music, um, but but ultimately, I, I, I'm going to make the final call in terms of like whether or not it it, it works with uh, yeah. either the comedy or the drama or whatever it might be. But yeah, I mean, we we always try to look for. 
as much. I mean, for example, you know, we're doing the show over in Wales too, which we haven't officially announced yet. But um, you know, just looking for local talent there as well. It's always an interesting and important part of the of the process. Oh, obviously, great. you want always want to find local musicians. Yeah, yeah. It's it, 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 it's tough to get some. I mean, you know, people say, "Oh, wow, with all these avenues of social media and so on and so forth, these musicians can get heard." But it, it's still you need a little bit of a, of a push to rise, you know, above the noise of everybody else. So the fact that you're helping is very cool. Yeah, we helped out a little bit. I, m- I remember a few years ago on Sunny, we helped this little band called Kings of Leon. And we were like, ah, these guys are cute. Let's put them in the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's adorable. Sometimes they break and sometimes they don't. I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. take it as a loss. <laughs> and we, we had Caitlin and one and I wanted to push the um, exposure of this little band we, we that our kids like called Imagine Dragon. Imagine Dragon. Imagine. We did this music video. It was really cute for the kids. Actually, um... I was watching Mythic Quest, and I had just been turned on to a band called uh, Wolfpack, and there's a song called uh, Put It In Your Pocket, and I had just heard that. I heard the live version first, and then I went into the studio version, and then, like, not even an hour later... I turn on Mythic Quest, and that song was actually featured in an episode of Mythic Quest, which I loved. Yeah, I mean, look, that's that's such a huge, like, a really fun part. I mean, look, Sonny, we try to choose music that's just, like, all, all over the place. Right. Like, from the 70s, from the 80s, from the 90s. Whereas Mythic Quest, we want it to feel as current as possible, so... That's kind of part of the fun is like finding um, maybe bands you haven't heard of or like Wolfpack is obviously a, a band on the rise and and yet not everybody's heard of them and so it's it's a good opportunity to make it feel current and maybe introduce you to, to something new. Love it, hey Rob, real quick if you don't mind, I, I we've we've had a great partnership with you and over the years and I'd like to ask a favor. I'd like, can you give us an exclusive on something going on in your life right now? It's like where you know TMZ will quote on the Preston and Steve show. Rob McElhenney said this or that. Sure. Okay. Um, Rob McElhenney definitely got Jimmy Kimmel really drunk. Okay. Right. On the air. All right. That's good. So it was real booze, is what you're saying. That was 100% real booze. And I'm just afraid that people are like, oh, they filled it up with water. They didn't fill it up with water. <laughs> they they drank shots. And, and like, I don't think Jimmy drinks very often. Oh, no And I'm kidding. fine. I walked off the... I was watching him, I mean, slur his way through the second half of the That's great. He said, I can't read. I'm like, Jimmy, I'm not sure you can read in the first place, let alone when you have... Four shots of tequila in you. Oh, my Plus God. Jim. That's outstanding. That's, that's very cool, though. I love it, man. Hey, Rob, we well, know that you want to talk to my wife. We do. Yes, we do. Yeah, yeah. We, we do. But uh, it's good, right, it's good to hear from you, brother. Take care, man. Great, great talking to you all. Thanks. All right, we'll see you. Oh, my God. That's funny. And that's your time, Caitlin. We got to wrap it up, We would not have talked to him if you hadn't have uh, pawned him off on us, so... <laughs> <laughs> I think it was his idea. He ruins everything. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be horrible dealing with that need. Oh, no, it's it's Emmy Envy is what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's what it is, yeah. yeah I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Remember when I was nominated for that Emmy? <laughs> Caitlin, I have a, a, a Philly question for you. Um, because you guys have gone back and forth several times about trying to get back here to do filming. Uh, and, and then, obviously, the pandemic threw a serious wrench into all of it. And I know that it's hard picking up the entire production and coming across the country but are there any plans at any point to come back and, and shoot here again well yes absolutely we always want to and it always there's always ends up being some like logistical reason that that we don't end up doing it but we're always trying to figure out a way to get back there because it's like the best part of our shooting experience yeah hopefully <laughs> that, just, like, 
Listen, you just show up and do your job. There, everyone's like excited for you to come to work. You're like, okay, okay. <laughs> right, right, right. What did we say just the other day? We were like, God, we wonder if It's Always Sunny tried to get this person on their show and how awesome it would be. Who was that? Oh, I don't know. That's uh, a little I, I forget. I, I think was just it about... Kathy? Hi, <laughs> no, no, I've already been on, remember? <laughs> I know, but you got to come back. Well, oh, listen, that, that, that was responsible for the first Emmy nomination was Kathy's right, appearance. Right, was mine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I our, forget it was. When, when you guys dive into the idea of, uh, of guest stars or people making uh, cameos, is it usually just a, uh, a last second, oh, my God, we should get so-and-so? Uh, it's usually a product of meeting someone somewhere okay. and, yeah. and finding out that they're a fan and, and being, you know, a fan of theirs in some regard and then and then being like, oh, you know who would be great to, like, pop in and do this little cameo. Uh, um, that's usually how that works. That's yeah. cool. Hey, I want to ask um, you, so um, Rob did a, a photo shoot with Men's Fitness Magazine. I just found out last <laughs> week that my friend Zach was the one who actually shot that um, photo Lucky shoot. Lucky Zach. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, and then also, like, you follow my friend Rob. Rick Carrado on Instagram. Rick is, yes. a, is a hairstylist. I went to high school with Rick. We were in all the plays together. So no way. Yeah, yeah. So how and in, in, how do you and Rick know each other? So Rick um, came on to Flipped halfway through. Um, so when I signed on to that show, I signed on kind of late. So it was all of Will Forte's crew from um, Last Man on Earth. Oh. And um, then uh, that hairdresser had to um, go somewhere in the middle of the season because she had like a prior obligation and so Rick came on at that point and did my hair for like the last um I don't know a few weeks or something. He's very talented. He He's really, really is. really good. And yeah. so listen, my daughter is in theater right now. She's a freshman in high school and and she oh, cool. lo- she loves theater. She loves acting and she loves everything about it and I keep telling her that like there are so many facets to, you know, you know, it's not just being on the stage. And so when I was in theater in high school with Rick we were in all the plays together. Uh, you know, I knew that he loved all of it, and then he eventually found his way onto it. And, and so he ended up doing yes. um, hair for, I guess it was In the Heights and a couple yes. of other uh, shows on, on Broadway, and yes. then made his way out to L.A. So, you know, for anybody out there who just loves this industry, there, there's yes. way more than just being in front of the camera that, uh, you oh. know. Absolutely. I mean, a hundred percent. I would, when I was little, like I just loved theater. I lo- my parents were like, awesome, go for it. It was never a means to an end. It was, I never, ever, I promise had the thought of like, oh, I want to be famous. It had nothing to do with that. I just loved everything about it and did, you know, I loved doing makeup. Like yeah. I did other people's stage makeup and I loved um, acting and I, lo- I loved all of it. And like even the camps and just like the people and how close you got and improv classes. And if you just figure out what it is that makes you happy and brings you joy, and then you just find a way to do that every day that I feel like personally, I feel like that's how you figure out your career. I never was like, Oh, how do I want to make money? Or how do I want to be seen by people? No, that's right. Yeah. Do do what you're drawn to what you like and you will naturally be good at it. And that's part of the deal. Um, yeah, and you'll find a way to make a career out of it because you love it. A number of texts are coming in, Kathy, to answer your question <laughs> about who we were talking about, who should be on <laughs> It's Always Sunny. And apparently it was because when Steve and I uh, did our first appearance on, on It's Always Sunny, we were in a dressing room or we were in makeup with Danny DeVito. Yeah. And uh-huh. the makeup artist left and we started having this really long, cool conversation, very casual with right. Danny about his, his film career and all this. And, and Death's a smoochie. And he was talking about... Um, uh, 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 one floor of the cuckoo's nest, and we were yeah. talking about this on the air. And we were like, "How great if Jack, oh God, Nicholson, oh. ended up on It's Always Sunny?" 
We've always we've talked about that as well, and Danny just kind of laughs and is like, "Yeah, he's crazy." Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, we, we've had those responses over the years. But you got to, you know, I mean, a lot of people don't know and don't remember that Danny directed Jack Nicholson as Jimmy Hoffa in a really yeah. solid movie. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you know, I, I'm, obviously this is nothing new to you. You guys tried, and it's a, you're indicating it's sort of a dead end, correct? Listen, if Jackelson even suggests that he would like to come on our show, he is more than welcome. Okay. Sure. Wow. You've got a connection. Yeah. Let me know. All right. <laughs> sleeping all the time these days. All right. So, Caitlin, so uh, Hacks is um, is coming up on the 13th, so next week, and it's uh, 10 episodes, I believe? Yeah, it's 10 episodes, and I think they're releasing two episodes every Thursday. So um, Excellent. Ooh, yeah. two episodes. Yeah. That, that's what you need to do. Yeah, yeah I, I dig that. Yeah. Yeah. Are they are they like 30-minute, 40-minute episodes, or do you know? Yep. Okay. Yeah, perfect. they're in that range. I love it. Excellent. Yep. Well, listen, uh, congrats on another great project, and, you yeah. know, we're, we're still stoked about another four years of It's Always Sunny being in the cards. Oh I'm sure it'll Me go too. beyond that. Yeah. Thanks for getting up early, too. I know yes. that it's not the best time to do it, but we, we really do appreciate it. Yep. It's always so nice to talk to you. Hi, Kathy. I I, and you know what? I would never ask you to do Zoom, just so you know. <laughs> I look adorable. <laughs> <laughs> we know your hair is yeah. doing well. Yeah. Do me a favor. I have a Bernadoodle myself. Please give your dog a big old kiss and a hug for me. Oh, I was laying in his dog bed oh. while I was on hold with you guys. I love you. <laughs> I love it. All right, we love you, Caitlin. Thank you so much. Love you guys, too. Talk to you soon. Caitlin Olsen, guys! Oh, my God. The, the, the best. Yeah. I love those guys. Didn't even know we were talking to Rob. I guess you want to talk to my wife. Now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Back in a moment. UMMR.com. The way thing that rocks. Events, photo galleries, car gear in the rock shop. And WMMR.com. Kathy in the news earlier this morning talked about uh, Bryce Harper. Uh, took a 97 mile an hour fastball to the face. And I was going to ask you guys, what's the worst shot you've ever taken to a face? And don't say Peter North. Yeah, uh-huh. but that was... Listen, <laughs> the only problem there was that my mouth was closed. Oh, yeah, yeah, You, you yeah. wish it would have been yeah, open? Yeah, I, 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 that's what I was getting paid for. Right. Mm. I know mine. What? And you did it. What did I do? When you kicked the door open oh. and kicked it into my face. I don't even remember that. I you do don't remember, remember that. that? Was that Krav Maga days? I was... thought, my, yes, it was when okay. he used to crave down the hallway. <laughs> and, yes, you, I was on... I was kicking doors open. I was over where Marissa is, and um, she started to laugh because she likes when people get hurt, but then she realized I was really hurt, and she stopped. I thought my nose was broken. I was like, I'm going to have to leave and go to the hospital. Jeez, um, I didn't realize it was that, I knew it was... Oh, yeah. He kicked were... it with his foot. Our yeah. big, heavy, soundproof door kicked it with his foot. Shot it right into my face. <laughs> it impacted me so bad, I don't remember it. Well, you man, you blocked it out? I must have blocked it out. You yes. stopped kicking the door, though. Yeah. You don't kick the door open anymore. No, no. I do open doors with my feet a lot, but um, I guess then I was like full on, like doing a front kick. Right. I mean, you like, were crabbing tri- on your oh, way out man, the door. I'm sorry, Kathy. <laughs> and that's the worst hit you've ever taken to the face? It was like the worst as in like my eyes started uh, like uncontrollably water. Oh and I, yeah, like I thought. That my, I've never been in like a fist fight. Nobody's ever punched me in the face. So yeah, that was to the face. I'd say that was it. Yeah, okay. I have been punched in the face, but the worst was uh, Preston was actually had to do with baseball as well. Okay, so we were, I was going up to the batter's box. It was in Little League, and the kid was outside. He wasn't even on deck. He was like 
removed <laughs> oh, no. and, was, and did a practice swing oh, back oh, with, yeah. with the bat. And, and like, yeah. I'm like, you don't do that. Right. And he swung it right back into my face. You only do that in the on-deck circle. <laughs> right, right. That's the, that's the that's zone. where you're supposed to do you it. stay out of there. Yeah. Oh, and man. I, rem- I saw stars, mm-hmm. and I had a lump on my head. I remember... It was so big that it had like a vein in it. You could see, right? And it was like, bam! And I could, I could remember the sound was clunk. Wow! Uh, I think I've, I've never taken a lot. I've, I've never taken a, a hard hit to the face as far as um, something that really messed me up. I, I do. I, I've had where, like, playing basketball or something like that, where you know, it, a rebound or something, mm-hmm. boom, right. And, and your, did your nasal passages like drain immediately? Immediately, like, immediately. I remember like my like my I, nose was like running like it's like a faucet yeah. turned on yeah, yeah, yeah. when you get hit squarely in the nose. Yeah. And I think it's why I have a deviated septum. I've had to, you know I've gone to an ENT. He's like, oh yeah, it's, it's right. out of shape there. Yeah. And so I've I've had never a broken nose, but I've certainly had a bloody nose a few times from getting popped in the nose from playing want, sports and stuff like that. I, I assume it's just because it's been traumatized the area. But I wonder if there's any other reason why why it, like the equivalent of a fight. Or flight sort of thing where your nose decide just you, you it just starts running like crazy yeah not you know? ble- not bleeding running right yeah but I've had both I've yeah, had, yeah yeah but I mean it's immediately you feel that liquid right yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. You're like yeah. uh oh <laughs> you ever have somebody punch you in the face with a microphone by any chance like right in your mouth you know what <laughs> yeah. there was this one time yeah. at Finnegan's way <gasps> yeah there was an a hole he that. caught me in the lip hey, that, that wasn't bad that was just more annoying just, I was just like that hurt <laughs> you dick <laughs> um, yeah. but getting clocked in the head like. To me, like a a pro ball player pitcher of ninety miles and above, yeah. hard ball, and it hit just below the eye. It appears to have. Here's a here's a text that came in, and, and when you see this happen in in hockey, you know it's bad. This guy says took a hockey puck to the face in college, ended up with seven stitches. Uh, an inch above my eye. Uh-huh. I, I always think of uh, Ian LaPerriere going Ooh, down to block yeah. a shot. God, he bled all over the ice. And he blocked it with his face. And, uh, you know, he's a hockey player, so he came back. But it's just one of those things where, like, you know, Steve, yeah, the, the fastball and the slap shot to the face, it's just brutal. Like, how do they recover from that? I don't know how you're... Listen, I I, th- I think I'm pretty good. I've played a, a fair amount of sports. I've had my collisions and so on and so forth. But I feel like like Pippi Longstocking right. when I'm out and I'm seeing the speed at which even just like if you're ever around just professional tennis players who are and this is a furry tennis ball. Right. You know, but it's <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh and Harper kind of he kind of brushed it off. I mean yeah. he, he, the ninety seven mile an hour fastball right in the face. He's okay. They 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 checked him out. There's yeah. no Brain injuries. He didn't have a concussion or anything along those lines. I mean, he was dazed a little bit, and but he, he knew his night was done. When he got yeah. up, he walked off the field, but he walked off under his own strength. Yeah, yeah just passing. <laughs> I was just passing. I was um, at my son's uh, baseball practice yesterday, and I was hitting ground balls uh, to. It was probably like six kids sitting at the shortstop position. So one kid goes to the front. I hit a ground ball. He uh, collects the ball, and you know, and then throws it, and then the next kid comes up. So the one kid is standing there getting ready to get the ground ball. The five kids behind him are not paying attention whatsoever. So instead of hitting a ground ball, I kind of hit a line drive. It got past the kid. And I, at this point, it's headed right for this kid's face. Right. And I'm yelling. I'm like, watch out! Right. And then eventually. But you can't. Done... It, it, it's, it's, it's so split second, well, right? Well, dude, I ended up losing my, my crap on these kids. Like, yeah. I, I yelled at them. I'm like. Pay attention! Like, there's a... I'm hitting balls towards you. Please, like, protect yourself. And then I felt bad for yelling at them, but I was yelling because I was like, I almost killed a kid with a baseball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can always blame it on the kid. 
Um, well, you weren't paying attention. You weren't paying you, attention. Well, he wasn't, and you know, you deserve that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, but I would have felt bad. I mean, you want if- a fresh one? <laughs> I remember Prestonus, and I think I might have mentioned this story on the air. Anthony Camus, I'll never forget this. We were playing, you know, kids' game of baseball. So, we're, but we're still like 13, 14. We had some some power, and Anthony Camus was terrified to pitch to me, and I'm like. Dude, you know I always hit. I pull to left field. It's always that's my thing. You know, I'm not. I'm not a line drive. You know, he's. I'm trying to. We need your pitching. This is you're the only one who can pitch and get it. Let's do this. First pitch across, and he wore glasses. Line drive oh, no. right into his face, God. and I could actually see the glasses snap. And, like, fly off his face, and I'm like, you know, you just feel terrible. But Line drives are terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Terrifying when they happen to you, man. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go to Justin. Good morning, Justin. Good morning, it, guys. Good, Good morning, morning it. it. What's up, bud? Okay, so I remember back in sixth grade, we were playing dodgeball. You remember those, like, red inflated rubber balls? Spalding. Yeah. yeah. So I was going to the front to grab the ball, and one of my friends kicked another one directly into my face. Like, I saw it happen in slow motion. It, like, completely just, like, cleaned my clock. I remember I was, like, everything, everything happened in slow motion after that. Every, all Justin, the sound was warbled and everything, and, like, I had to go sit down and, like, like rethink my life. I know it's a, I know it's a traumatizing Thanks. memory for you, but I guarantee everyone watching had to suppress the laughter yeah. because it, it, that ends up... When you see even on like America's Funny Zone videos, when you see a kid get clocked in the face, <laughs> and they... when, when we would play dodgeball, uh, and this was in sixth grade, right? They had they they also had a, a game that we called uh, elimination ball, yeah. And instead of the standard red ball, they had small ones that you could hold in the palm oh, of your yeah. hand. You could rocket those suckers. They were hard. Yeah, they were they were pumped up tighter than the other ones, mm-hmm. and they hurt, man. <laughs> And 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 it, you got you got to get the the deal was if you took your shirt off you were able to get hit twice because it would leave a big red welt on <laughs> sure you and shirtless was more painful that's how it was back in the day yeah. gang we used to use volleyballs for dodgeball oh no kidding yeah. um so the dodgeball rule though uh, I think when we were younger it was like you can't hit him in the head right like if you hit no, him in the yeah, head the thrower it was an illegal hit in the yeah. face right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah back still in the day though. you can still hit him in the head <laughs> no I got hit in the face all the time uh, <laughs> let me go to Jay hey Jay good morning. Good morning, it guys. Good morning, it. What's up, man? <laughs> so um, this happened when I was in tenth grade. I was uh, playing soccer, and um, I was the forward. And I'm charging down the field. My guy passes the ball in front of me, so I'm sprinting to get it. Out to the left of me comes one of the defenders. He goes and full force hits that ball, trying to clear it over my head to get uh, it back down the field. Yep. It connected dead center with my forehead. Oh, man. My parents, were, my parents were videotaping this at the time. So there's film of this happening. Um, you have footage of it. Yeah. It hit me square in the forehead. I almost did a backflip. Oh, um, right. So, Jay, from how, how far away was the, was the ball? Uh, he was maybe... 15 feet ahead of me, give or take. Okay, and that's how much. It, he, was, he, he was going for, like, full field clearance, and <laughs> the full force of that, me running str- as hard as I could at him, him kicking it as hard as he could at me, and it hit me directly in the forehead. Please and tell it, me uh, that the seams of the ball ended up as an imprint <laughs> on your forehead. 
no, not entirely, but okay. I, think it, I think it had a black eye and a half out of it. And um, mm. after I like after I landed in the video that my parents have, after I landed, I stood up, took like two or three steps, and just fell back over. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it, it, it's 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 slow motion when it's happening, and you you you. Oh, it's absolutely. like what the hell happened? When I was in uh, eighth or ninth grade playing soccer, I took a soccer ball to the mouth, and I was not wearing a mouth guard at the time, Oof. and I, but I did have braces. And the ball uh, hit my mouth so hard with such force that my braces fused to the inside of my lips. It was, uh, I remember literally having to peel my Mm. mouth off of the braces. And And boom goes the dynamite. Yeah. No. Yeah. It it sucked, man. Uh, I was falling off of a, and and I I think I told you guys this story before. I was riding my brother's bike, uh, so it was too big for me. And I went to go hop a curb, and I didn't make it all the way. And so I just went over the handlebars, but like an idiot, I never took my hands off of the handlebars, and I just went straight into the grass, face first, braces and everything, had to do the same exact thing, Nick. That's hey, gross. Yeah. I have a question about that braces thing. So if it does uh, jam into the, the lip yeah. in the, in the, on the interior, when you are recovering from that, do you put something like a uh, like wax on your yeah. braces or something like that to keep them from going back in just, and agitating that? I remember having to just have ice packs or little <clears throat> ice cubes in my mouth for like a, a week oh at a time. It just, okay. Or it was, do you? Find... It was so swollen, and it was just like it, you, the the injury was on the inside of the mouth, right? Which heals quickly, which is good. But like it was, um, yeah, it, it was just nasty. Your son will have super strong shark teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, Press, what I ended up doing is I went immediately to uh, Burger King and I ate a salad with uh, really, really uh, citrusy salad dressing. Oh, that God. burned. Oh, that was a good call. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. I'm a brilliant kid. I need yeah. some lemons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to go, this sounds like one of the more unique ones here. We're going to have a lot of sports things. This is the yeah. worst uh, worst injury you've had to the face because Bryce Harper got hit with a 97-mile fastball. Uh this one sounds interesting. We're shot to the face. I'm going to go to Joe. Joe, you're on the air. Good morning. I had three testicles. <laughs> Very you know, good. You and Gary. What's up, ma'am? Before I start, long story short, I was 14, and yes, girls were involved. Okay. okay. All, right. All right. Okay. All right. So I was about 140 pounds. My friend was closing in on 300. Wow. I decided that it would be a good idea for me to do push-ups with him on my back. <sighs> Could I have done it in the grass? Yes, but I decided to do it in the middle of the street, Mm. like in the street near the curb. Mm. So I went down, like I did one, and then on my way back up, my arms just kind of gave out and he was just like clamped right on the curb. (laughs) Oh, so your face smashed right off the curb. Yep. What part of your face hit the curb? It was was near my right eye. So you you, you kind of gave yourself a curb job. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that, well, that was insane, oh, and now you realize it was insane. Wow. Were, were the girls impressed? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so it was well worth it. Left, left, yep. It was well worth your disfigurement. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep, that's a, that's a minor a, concussion. You had a minor concussion. No kidding. Oh, man. Wow. Yep. Nasty. Thanks. I've, I've, had, I've had at least two concussions in my lifetime. Those they were those were headshots. I wouldn't. They, they, nothing happened to my face, though. You think because um, the face is so precarious. You have your, the nose yeah. can be broken. Your orbital sockets can get broken, oh my God. and that that can be you know. And obviously, teeth. Uh, I'm going to go to Amber. Good morning, Amber. Good morning. Hey, bitches. Hey, what? What's up, Amber? Not much. How are you guys? Doing well. great. So you had a facial injury. What happened? Yeah. Um, I, me and my cousin, might have been like 12 years old. We were. 
playing like our own make-believe mini golf game in the front yard with like a driver you know that we just found in the garage and as soon as i guess i decided to walk behind him to pick something up i he decided to line drive it in the front yard so i took a I took a driver to the mouth. Listen, so a driver, you'll see people run after people with drivers and golf clubs to attack them. Mm-hmm. And they're, 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 you start swinging those suckers, yeah, you can cause massive damage. So oh, what, was the, yeah. what was the damage yeah, to your face? I, I lost the tooth next to the canine, whatever, whatever one that's okay. oh, wow. well, By cuspid, it right? A, yeah. 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 a lot uh, of blood, yeah. Yeah, yeah. nice. <laughs> Four. Uh, did, you, did you continue your golf pursuits or have you never touched the club since then? Oh, no. I'm, I mean, top golf, but I'm not a star. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to drive it. It didn't scare you away completely. All right. Thanks, Amber. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, let me go to Jake. Hi, Jake. Good morning. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's up, bud? Not much. I don't know. Preston and Steve probably remember the old replica guns that we used to play with. In the sure. Yep, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. They're like real guns. I was like five years old. I used to hang around my uncles and their bodies were playing G.I. Joe. I'm running down the backyard, y'all, G.I. Joe, and the kid turns around and just whacks me in the face. I, it looked like a, like an war movie where the guy goes back, flips over. <laughs> right. Dude, my nose is still crooked. I'm 51 years old. Uh, so you you still have the... I've been, I've, been, I've been in a lot of fights and car accidents. I've never been hit that hard in my life. <laughs> no With kidding. a toy gun. He's right, though. Yeah. I, I used to have like Thanks. a forty-five that you would have thought it was before they did all the, the precautions to make sure... You know, police didn't think you were brandishing a firearm, but it, this was for all intents and purposes. Was it a uh, a Crossman BB gun? Yes, because I have one, uh-huh. and, yeah. and it looked yeah, it uh, looks, black, yeah. looked identical to a real forty-five caliber <laughs> yes. handgun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had the same thing. It's insane, and it was we heavy. It had, yeah, yeah, yeah. That we weren't shot while walking around with those things. Uh, I'm going to go next to Joe. Joe, good morning, sir. You're on. Good morning, it guys. How good morning, it. Wonderful. What's up, my man? So I'm actually the guy that texted in about taking the puck to the face while I was in the okay. Yeah, give us a little bit more on that. So it was actually, you know, during practice. So, and, and believe it or not, I was a goalie. So I, you know, have that full cage on. So, but in practice, you know, you just skate around with your helmets up like it's not a big deal. One of my teammates, you know, just took a shot, ricocheted off the crossbar and hit me pretty much square just below the eyebrow. Ooh. So, Joe, uh, you, you had to get stitches, you had said in your text, right? So I ended up with uh, three internal stitches and four on the outside because it ended up that deep. So it, I've never had internal, internal stitches. stitches before. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. And and what what did your what did your eyeball look like? I mean, you know, the did it did it completely swell like you know Rocky where they had to cut him or was it how bad did it? So, swell? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so believe it or not, actually uh, that day, you know, it was a little bit swollen, uh, nothing too major. Um, so, and the crazy part is I wasn't afraid of the injury. I was more afraid of my dad because he's an eye doctor. Oh, wow. So, you know, I was more afraid to tell him, but his suggestion was to sleep upright so that the swelling would stay down. So, actually, the next morning, that's, that's what I did. Uh, so, I just ended up with a, a massive black eye. The swelling actually wasn't too bad. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, it seemed like sort of slipshod advice, but it worked. Your dad would know. <laughs> All right. Thanks, yeah. Joe. Do you, hey, do you, still, you still have a scar? Uh, yeah, still the scar, right? Pretty much right in my eyebrow. Okay. Me right. I've been thinking about this, and I want to play hockey. <laughs> what? With boxing gloves on. <laughs> I want to be a hockey player. <laughs> what? 
Uh, you idiot. I've seen Rocky and Adrian at the skating rink together. Yeah. 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 Rocky's not a very good skater. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let me go next to Anthony. Yo, Anthony, good morning. What's up, Ant? When I was in a <laughs> when I was in high school, uh, we were doing like a practice game with baseball within my team. Yeah. So I wasn't wearing a helmet, like a you know, like an intelligent person. <laughs> and so I'm standing there, and I'm getting ready to take my step, take my swing as this ball's coming at me. And I'm like, that doesn't look like it's going the right <laughs> way. <laughs> and it just smacks me right below my eye. And, like, I remember the sound so vividly because it was like a hammer hitting a stake. Yeah. I crumple, and then I just hear my whole team like, oh. oh. Yeah. I... Like, it bruised up so bad. Like, within minutes, you could see the the stitches under my eye Jeez. from the baseball. It's so amazing. Everybody... So you actually saw the stitch from the baseball, Let's and see. it hit so hard that it, it left an I... indentation. Oh, yeah, I had a black eye for about two weeks. Everybody called me stitches. It's yeah. amazing stitches. how your eyes, Thanks, so for, you would think that they were a lot more fragile, you know, but but yeah. um, for all the times and for all the significant hits, yeah. it seems to be fairly rare that the orbital socket will break. Yeah, I um, I played bar league softball for years after uh, college and everything, and uh, there was a... I ended up being a catcher, right? And yeah. I, I bought a mask, and, and people made fun of me, and I didn't care. I was like, dude, I am not losing my teeth over bar league softball like because somebody <laughs> foul tips a ball into my mouth like, yeah. you, you so, can make fun of me all you want so what were you wearing i I'm bought sorry. a catcher's mask to play what bar league soft when you're a catcher oh like, so you were a catcher i, were, yeah. I oh, was well, a catcher yeah. it was in the outfield, <laughs> I, was in the outfield. <laughs> that, i'm sorry i was, I was yeah. looking at marissa yeah. for some information yeah. and why is that guy wearing a hockey goalie outfit <laughs> right. in the outfield well so in um uh, girls softball, uh, and I don't know at the high school level if they what do What position this, did you play? But at least I didn't play oh. girls softball, but my daughter did. Okay. But the infield, all the infield, they wore uh, cages over their faces. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, sometimes though, the helmet and all that stuff, well, uh, I was wearing a helmet when they got clocked in the face with a baseball bat. Yeah. Right. I don't understand why there there are certain, like, why doesn't, why don't baseball players wear cages over their faces as far as infielders are concerned? It's, uh, I don't know. You know? And I then know. lacrosse goalies don't wear any leg pads. Chess players. They don't uh, wear yeah. pads at all. That's crazy. Hang on. I'm going to go to uh, our friend Brian. He used to work for uh, Senator Chris Coons. You remember Brian? Yes, would bring absolutely. Senator yeah, yeah. Coons by here. He's got a story to share. Hey, Brian, how you doing, man? Doing good. Uh, sorry to bother you guys at work. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you anytime, man. So you had an injury to the face? Yes. This summer, uh, we are putting up some road signs, and they had these big metal stakes, and there's a tool that you use to drill the, the stakes into the ground basically a cylindrical tube. You, you two-hand it and hammer it into the ground wall. Uh, I lost focus, missed uh, miss the uh, stake, and the pipe, the 50-pound pipe went oh. right into my forehead. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, so my 13-year-old son was with me, and he's kind of looking at me as I'm spurting blood out of my forehead. And oh, my God. a major roadway. So I'm starting to lose uh, some, some serious blood. And somebody actually recognized me and said, Brian, is that you? And I said, yeah, I, I think it's me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they said, you should... You should go to the emergency room and... Uh, Thanks for the advice. <laughs> yeah. You should, yeah. You should get that yeah. checked out. Yeah. 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 looked at. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that stuff got, should be got, inside of you. More, I got 15 more road signs to put up, so I, I can I can suck this up. But they said, uh, wow. You should really go to the emergency room. That's nasty. Yeah. Thanks for the like, medical advice. Like yeah. A, yeah. All right, Brian. like a baked potato. Yeah. All right. Good to hear from you, man. Thanks. 
Thanks, be good. All right, we'll talk Bye. to you. Uh, so that <laughs> reminded me of a story. One time, uh, me and my, my bandmates uh, wanted to go to Six Flags. Yeah. Uh, and we decided. Amusement park. Yeah, as idiots do, uh, we'll get drunk before we go there. Of course. <laughs> so you know, to, to enhance it. So we get there, and, and we're in the parking lot, and we're drinking whiskey. And then we go in, and this one guy, this one idiot that was with us, I don't even know who he was. He wasn't in the band. He was a friend of somebody, one of the... One of the band members, and as we're walking through, and it was early, like the park had just opened, so we're getting drunk in the morning and uh. going to Six Flags. And he comes by the uh, the test your strength thing where you hit the hammer and the, the thing goes up. Okay, yeah. yeah, those things. Yeah, so so you take the big sledgehammer and you, you, you hit down on, the, on that big chunk of that rubber brick or whatever right, it is right, yeah. and shoots up to the bell. So he steps up, and we're drunk, and he takes a swing at it. I don't know why this happened. I guess he was leaning forward when he did it. Sledgehammer hits the front, it hits that rubber thing and bounces right back up and smacks him square in the nose. Oh my God. <laughs> Niagara Falls of blood coming right out of his nose immediately. They call emergency services. They come over, they take him away, and we're like, we're going to go ride roller coaster. He wasn't oh supposed to be here anyway. God, wow. All right, I want to go to, let me get, let me two more quickly, okay? First, I'm going to go, because Kevin's been on hold for a long time, and then one that looks really weird, and then we yeah. got to wrap this up. I'm going to go to Kevin. Kevin, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, where's that sound coming from? <laughs> yeah. Where's that sounder? <laughs> What's up, Kev? Where's Lord, that God. sound coming from? What's your facial injury? Oh, man. When I was about four years old, uh, a friend of mine, had uh, his father had a carpenter shop in the basement and go down five steps to a landing do a 180 another five steps down well i fell down the final five steps onto a board with a nail sticking out of it my nose your nose uh I cannot wear sunglasses to this day. Why? They are, when I put them on, they're crooked. <laughs> so, so did they see you in, in like the, the? Did it catch you in the bridge of the nose or where? Yeah. Okay. Right in the bridge of the nose. Oh. And of course, I'm the youngest of nine, so my parents were pretty much tired with dealing with children. They didn't take me to the hospital. My mom said, "We'll put a bandaid on that. You're good to go." Your mom Dear said, God. "Shake it off, your pussy." Dear God, Kevin, that's <laughs> yeah. messed up. I'm surprised you're not talking like this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you well, for the story, I've Kevin. I've got another dozen stories for you. Uh, my face is always in the way. <laughs> <laughs> another time. Yeah. Thanks, man. We appreciate yeah. it, buddy. My dad always said that. No, you don't need to. Like, it could have been the deepest cut, slice, oh, whatever. Yeah. He'd be like, no, nah, you're good. You're fine. You know, stitch. But that, 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 after a while, like, like with my, my younger brother, got a, con- a concussion. I remember he came home and. He did it from work, and my, my mother says, oh, yeah, Tom got a concussion in, in gym today at uh, school. And my guys, my father goes, God damn it. And then I'm, I'm like the guy, I'm the son he can't stand. So I go, yeah, kids these days with their concussions. Mm-hmm. And, and, <laughs> sure they love yeah, that. Yeah, you know, my dad just looked at me <laughs> like. Kathy, that was, that was my, my dad's gig. You know, it was, it was the same thing. As I, I ain't paying no doctor for yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do that myself. Get over here. Just wear a condom. Bite on this piece of wood. <laughs> uh, hang on, let, let me go to this last one. This sounds really weird. I'm going to go to Fred. Hi, Fred, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. What's up, Fred? It was years ago. A few years ago, I had a, uh, a six-foot bubble constrictor. You know, I go, it's Saturday. I'll go, Saturdays and Sundays, I'll go out, you know, with the snake wrapped around my neck. Play frisbee. Little, 
But the little, some little kids will come over, you know, look, looking at the snake and everything. Yeah. And one of the neighbors came up with their dog. And the dog started barking. I felt the snake getting tied around my neck. I looked um, down. The snake came up and he nailed me right in the face with it. Your boa hit you, like I bit you in the face? I fought, the snake bit me right in the face. I fought two holes under my chin, two holes right right on my cheek, and one under my nose. I was wearing a white T-shirt. Blood's dripping all over the place. Oh it's they're freaking now, out. Well, obviously, they're not poisonous because they're constrictors, but they've got some pretty long fangs, right? Oh, yeah. yeah there were four, I, had four, I had four big holes, two under my chin and two on my... You know, I had a white T-shirt. You know, it seems safe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, dude. I know, it, it would seem safe to keep a boa constrictor by yeah. your face, right? This thing is killing the man! <laughs> Did you get rid of the boa constrictor? A boa constrictor, yeah, it was six foot. Yeah, I had it for years, no problem. I always have them around my neck. The kids love it, and one day, one day, boom, the dog started barking and boom, and now we're right. Did you did you get rid of the snake? Is what Kathy's asking. I'm sorry. Oh, it was a boa constrictor. Did you get rid of the snake? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you get rid of it after it bit you in the face, Brad? No, no, nope, nope. How long did you keep it? Oh, I, I kept them for another couple of years. Oh, my God. What kind of snake was it? <laughs> Shut up. It was a boa constrictor. All right, thank you, Fred. For my so how did that story. happen? <laughs> it was a boa. Yeah. Was, well, why, well, why did it bite you? Like, yeah. what was going on? Yeah. It reminds me of the famous uh, Pierre audio. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah I know. You I know. Every, every day, man. What kind of pet was it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Listen, we got to wrap it up. We'll be right back. Our pet's pet did you know you could listen to all of WMMR's podcasts as well as our live stream on your Alexa-enabled device? It's easy. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, so I have a question because we were getting ready. We went straight out of one interview into commercials and straight into another interview. and getting a chance to chit-chat off-air about what we want to talk about in this particular segment of the right. Steve Radio Program. Now, there are a couple things. Yes. Uh, there, we can go as there big as uh, the origins of the universe. Okay. Yes. Or. Uh, what? All right. <laughs> Uh, we have audio clips. I don't know if they're that exciting to well, you. There was the, the, the listener-posed question. Yes. Do you want to do that now? Do you have that e- email over there? I do. Okay, yes. I, do. I think it's a, a one that we can address. Okay, this is from... I don't know who it's from. It says, <laughs> Steve, first-time messenger. Send a little picture. She's a, a looker here, this gal. Well, let me I'll tell you what. Let me call it up here. Oh, Lauren. It Lauren. says Lauren. There you go. Lauren. She wrote to Steve. It says, uh, first time messenger, long time. Did she reach you through social media? Yes. Okay. Yes. First time messenger, long time. My MySpace account. Listener, I know it's a long shot, but I wanted to see if on the air, she says tomorrow, this is from last week, but we didn't get a chance to get to it. 
you could bring something up, maybe a poll for listeners to participate in, whether or not, and this is how she phrases it, by the way, whether or not men and women can be friends after they've made whoopee. Whoopee. Uh, <laughs> it's for science, you said, though <laughs> Though it would make for some interesting content. Science. Uh, she says, happy hump day. So it was last Wednesday. So is she looking... My response was... Yeah, he this... said, Lauren, is this by any chance of direct pertinence to you? Okay. And then she wrote back, you're a goddamn genius. <laughs> yeah, right. You nailed it. <laughs> but that would be most excellent. Many thanks. Uh, so she wants to know for herself. So she's banged a friend. Gotcha. And she wants to know if that friendship can still be there. Because I assume she's not interested in getting to a relationship with this particular person, but wants to remain friends on a level. And can that happen or can it not? Or... Can you have an F-buddy? And or or a one timer, you know what I mean. My life experience mm. says yes, you can. Uh, you though you walk a tightrope, okay. you know. So so and you always have to weigh out what's more important to you, the friendship or the person. Now my wife was was, um, she was a a great friend. I mean we, we you know in general I I though I w- I felt more romantic leanings towards her. Initially, and she felt the same way back to me. I've had many female friends in my life, um, but I, I I knew I wanted it to go to another level. With Claire. yeah, this is a different yeah different. This animal. is a different thing. Yeah. This is not interested in a relationship. And I think I think the only way that something like this happens usually there's booze involved. Um, but I think that you can be, but not right after it happens, and not for a while probably. You think you yeah. need to take a, like a pause. Yeah, like years. Like years? Yeah. Really? I think it depends on how long the... The session lasted. The, the friends <laughs> benefits lasted. Yeah, like if it, if it was just one time, I don't think you need to go years. I, mean, I, don't, think it, I don't think it takes years. I think you can... If, next if, morning at the coffee machine? Well, and it also... No, no, no. It also depends on like... If one person wanted to continue and the other didn't, like if 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 it happened one time and both were like, you know what, not a great idea, then I think that you could be friends. But there, if one is still feeling like they want to continue and the other isn't, then that's where you get issues. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, there's countless movies made on this very topic, and and often those movies will end with them getting together because they realize that their love superseded the friendship. And right. when Harry met Sally, exactly. Yeah, that, sometimes it doesn't. Well, I agree. Um, but I am friends with ex girlfriends. And uh, that caveat took time. And that's different, though. Ex-girlfriends, you were dating. It was a relationship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Sort so of. Friends with benefits. Yeah. And so here's the thing. It also depends on what type of friend you're with. And, and, and if it was, if it's somebody that you've been a longtime friend, you know, you already had this established friend relationship, and all of a sudden right. you guys do it for one reason or another, I think that complicates it quite yeah. a bit. This isn't just banging somebody you know and saying, let's be friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Knowing someone and being friends with someone is two different things, yeah. I think. so. I, I Listen, I think the simple answer to that question is yes. Yes, you can now, but there are certain variables that will go in and say, well, you know, so it's, but it's not for everybody. You know what I mean? Like there are variables that, that um, can right. answer that question. No, right? So, and, well, you know, one of the variables is that one person actually has more romantic feelings uh, than the other that's one, it. and that's why they they are right. sleeping together. Yeah, right. uh, and you know, but or if after you do it, then that other person ends up getting into a relationship. Do you start to get a little bit jealous about it? Yeah, and then potentially. It's like, wow, I had a good, f- uh, and I, I, you know, it's just geography made it go away. But but a, a good female friend who I would have wanted to have 
explored a uh, uh, something more profound. But I also realized she was such a good female friend that I didn't want to jeopardize it, right? And, and, right. and didn't follow through. That, that like, you know what? Uh, because you you kind of meet her. It, it's really it, it it's like a, a gambling at a casino. Yeah, you gotta you gotta weigh the risks and you gotta see what are you really looking for. But I had a friend in college who. That's we were friends, and so at the end of the night, it was like, all right, let's go. All right, and it never turned into. I needed that, Lou. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was his so, name was John, but so you guys were legit friends. <laughs> yeah, we were friends, and our friends, and we were never anything but friends. But right from the beginning, and then, and just, then, you, and then you did it one time, and then we did and it. Then you were a few times after, after that. Yeah, and you did a few times after that. Yeah, what, what so was it became it? F buddies for a little bit. Yeah, I would. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm did, did you clearly think. define that? Did you clearly define? We the didn't def- have to. There was. There was All no right. definition. I mean, All it right. really, we we knew exactly what it was. It yeah. never turned into, and there were plenty of options for either one of us to indicate to the other that maybe it was something else. So, like, in right. college, you had, you know, formals and dated parties, and that's right. where, like, you would be. I, I was never invited to any of her formals. She was in a sorority, and I was in a fraternity. I never invited her to any of my. That was the That was the way you would sort of indicate to somebody that maybe I have a feelings, you know, m- more so than, you know, just this physical right. thing that we've done on a few like, occasions. Like dates and social things started to become uh, yeah. boyfriend territory. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the term, the F-buddy thing, because I remember in, in my past, I had had, um, how, how do I phrase this? Like booty calls, like, mm-hmm. like, like you can call me if you want to. Right. You know, it was like that kind of setup. Uh, but we weren't friends per se. We didn't right. hang out together or anything like that. So that's kind of just a, you know what I mean? That's like, I, I do. So that would be may- maybe an F buddy, right? Yeah. But you're not hanging out and going places and doing things together. So right. with, I don't with, know. What set this off though with her with her question is, and I, I wonder uh, there has to be so a little bit more. I think a more specificity to it, which is, um, were you friends who did it, and and then and then or were you you know, in other words. You know what I'm saying? The complexity of it is that there, there are a couple different levels. All right. Donna has friends, uh, the guy that she's been having this relationship with for a while, leaving his house now, <laughs> it says okay. on the phone. Hi, uh, Donna. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Hi. Are you feeling great today? <laughs> I actually have a friend. We've been friends for 25, 30 years. Okay. And it turned into that kind of relationship. I and I go down there once a week, and I'm actually just leaving his house. That's why I was asking <laughs> you if you're feeling great right now. <laughs> oh, I am feeling great. Yeah, I have a, I have a nice grin on my face. All right, so 25 years. Uh, does this happen when you are both single, and it just kind of, hey, I'm not seeing anybody, you're not seeing anybody, let's do our thing, you know? Yes, that's it. Okay, that, that's it. And right. how often does this happen? Um, it's been going on for about. Nine years now. <laughs> hmm. Okay, and like, how often? Like once a month, or you know, a couple times a year? No, once a week. I go once, a once a week. Once a week. Yeah, <laughs> once a week. But if you know, if he meets somebody and is and goes into a relationship, I, 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 you know, lay back. If back I off. meet somebody and go into a relationship, he lays back. All right, Donna, are you are you in love with him? I was a long time ago, but no more. No more. You don't, and that that little spark of love never reignites briefly. No. What if he met somebody and wanted to get? I made the relationship all about sex, and, and that's all it is. Okay. All right. What if he, if he, all of a sudden meets somebody and wants to marry them? And is that going to bother you at all? Uh, actually, he was engaged. Okay. <laughs> and and were, you, were you a side piece by any chance? It became that? it became once a month, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, Donna, were you yeah, a side I, piece um, during that relationship? 
What? Were you a side piece at the during that relationship? No, I was not. No, because when he goes into a relationship, I respect that and I okay. lay back, uh-huh. and he does the same for me. Uh-huh. So I think this scenario exists for some people. Uh, yeah, but, but it's it's pretty rare, don't you think, Donna? Yes, I do. My daughter doesn't understand it. Does she, no, your does she come does? along? Yeah. How old, how old is your daughter? Thirty-eight. She's not. She's not young. And wow. She doesn't get it. How old are you, Donna? Uh, fifty-five. Look 55. at you. Okay. Look at All you, right. Terry. Are you happy? Yes, I am. All right. Especially right now. Especially yeah. Right now. Uh-huh. I mean, Donna, did you did you spend the night there? Or was this a, uh, a go over in the morning thing? Yes, I did spend the night. Actually, we were roommates for a while. Okay. Uh, did you watch America's Funniest Home Videos? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Donna. Have a good day, guys. All right, you too. We'll see you wow, later. Wow, look All at right. her with the 38-year-old daughter. See, yeah. now I need to hear from him to see if yeah. he feels the same way. Or does he keep going back because he's, hoping it, tur- <laughs> he's hoping it turns into something. When they work, they're yes. great. You know, when, when you can get away with the friends with benefits. But the, the complications that can arise yeah. cause so many more problems beyond that. But if you can, if Steve, to your point earlier, if you can define it, and yeah. both parties are cool with it. Go for that's it. That is agree- it. If you have an agreement, yeah. a yes. verbal front. agreement, and then, totally. and then if you're upfront about, look, if you start feeling a certain way, tell right. me. You need to tell me. Yes, you know. Then, then so I can it, run for the hills. As long as those things are <laughs> defined and everybody sticks to the uh, to the agreed upon terms, then then yeah, that can probably work. You out. You can be mature about it, but what happens is, is that you know that things again that that's the parameters set. The rules set. Everyone adheres to them to the best that they can, uh, because it can go asunder really, really in a dramatic way. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, it's workable, and gonna, then it's also not. <laughs> I'm going to go to Mark. Uh, Mark, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. What's up, buddy? Uh, no, I'm like you guys just said. It can work. It's okay. Just depends on the person. I met a girl about 40 years ago. Wow. Uh, in the mall. Look at all you guys. <laughs> go yeah, ahead. And, and uh, her, it worked out fine. Um, we started hanging out with her girlfriends, and it was just a buddy thing. And uh, she wound up giving her girlfriends my phone number. So, <laughs> so you're uh, you're working your way through her girlfriends? Oh, they worked their way through me. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So, are now? Did you do it just this one time, or was this a regular thing for a bit? No, it, it went on for about four or five years, and that's with all of them, and they all seem to be okay with it. All of them. It. I'm not going to complain. All of them, and and everybody just uh, agreed, no relationship. You you go and do what you want, and when it's convenient, we'll get together and have yeah, sex. Yeah, and you know, we just would hang out, and you know, I'm I like getting along with everybody, and apparently, so did they. Mark, more more than one at a time. Uh, well, no comment on that one. Uh, <laughs> okay, so at this point in your life, after dinner, do you take uh, them back to your apartment at three thirty in the afternoon? <laughs> Well, sure, why not? Wouldn't you? <laughs> are, are you still are you still engaging in this, Mark? Right over there. Uh, no, no. We're, it, I'm I'm too old for that now. But back in my youth, yeah, I was engaging in anything I could. Back All right, then. I got you. And and you're still friends with uh, these ladies? Some uh, of them. I haven't seen them in a few years, but I'm sure it would be a. Quite amicable. Hello, you know? All right. Mark. If you're happy, that's all that matters. So yes, good, exactly. good, good for you. Yes. Short. If no like, one's being hurt and everyone's consensual, have at it. 
That's right. Yeah. All right. All right, man. Thanks, Mark. All right, guys. Have a great day. Have a good Appreciate one. Appreciate it. Oh, come on. What? what? No, I can't, you can't read that. Is I can't this, it's, it's is a this really, 95? It's a really dirty text, and okay. I can't. Okay, let me let me go to Jason. Hi, let Jason. Kathy read it. Hi, Jason. <laughs> good morning. Morning. How you guys doing? Good. What's up, Jason? All right. Well, my story's kind of uh, really messed up. So I started a new job, and uh, the office manager, um, we became friends, and that became a little bit more than friends. Um, I just got out of a relationship. I told her, don't get attached. She got attached. Um, what can you say? I'm a stardomless guy. <laughs> I'm pretty great. <laughs> so it, it gets a little worse. So I met the general manager's daughter, and okay. I started dating her. <laughs> All right. Okay. So and doing everything and wrong. Yeah. And drop the office manager like a bad habit. Okay, um, you you have you have uh, you have broken two of the cardinal rules. Yeah, yeah. no, no um, I know. unless you literally have a meal next to a pile of your own crap, there's not much worse you could do. Uh, trust me, I know. Okay, okay. Um, so, oh no, she wanted to kill me. I couldn't. I if I saw her at the office, when I, I did the office, uh, the general manager's daughter for about four years. Um, for about the first three, if I saw her in the office, I had a duck run and hide, or yeah. I was afraid something was going to come flying at me. Okay. Or, I mean, it, it was it was bad. Um, so, how is it now? Now it's good. She met somebody else. She got married. Um, we worked it out at work, and you know, I, I worked there for eight years, um, and this was in the beginning for the first four. So, I mean, we've been really good friends for about the last four or five years, and. Uh, I actually, I was in Texas. I just moved back to Pennsylvania. Okay. And uh, we still talk. I, I still call her every other week or so. Um, Listen, I'm still I, a really good friend. Preston, you have so. you have exes that you communicate Thanks, with, right, that are friendly? I, I had. I haven't in a long time. But, but yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. There are a few that, that, yeah. that so throughout my life, and not none right now, but, you know, uh, um, but, um, but, uh it, 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 it's the Listen, thing was always uh, you said it, you said the most definitive piece of advice lay out the laid out the the rules in the beginning yeah Listen, there's a reason why I was yeah. boyfriend, girlfriend with uh, certain people for a length of time. Right. I liked them. I yeah. liked them a lot. You right. know what I mean? And then once that is over and done with over time, you can look at the aspects of that person you really liked a yeah. lot. Yeah. Not just being with them physically or something like that. And you can still be buds. You can still, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, reminisce about the old times and, and just stay in touch. And it's, you know, and that's what Facebook and things like that have, have allowed to happen. Right, right. So, um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to, oh, now we're getting into the work thing. <laughs> Hi, Thaddeus, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. What's up, bud? Uh, well, I used to be a manager at a hotel, and, um, you know, one thing led to another. One girl liked me at the hotel. I kind of did it with her one night. Um, it got around, and then before I knew it, all, all the all the women in the hotel wanted to sleep with me. Well, what? let me, let me ask you, all the, all the people who were at, like, who had who were occupying were, rooms or, or the employees? Well, no, no, no. well, that's, well that too, but no, okay. the people that, that I worked with, the hostess, the front desk girl, the gift shop girl, and it just got around, and we just, you know, I don't know if it was, like, something, like I was a trophy or... Yeah, what got around? Out. What I mean, you know, well, yes, people I'd here... i parking garage. I go out in the parking garage at night after the shift. Wait a second. But what, wait a second. Really you're working in a hotel and you're banging stairwells. people in the garage? Yeah. Oh, yeah, in the stairwells. You had rooms! I go to the uh, yeah. concierge lounge. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I swear to God. 
All right, so hang on a second. Are you uh, are you really attractive? Do you got a hammer in your pants? Both? Like, what's going on? Um, I'm a ginger. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm that doesn't really red pubes. That's yeah. not necessarily a turn on. <laughs> hang on. Hey, but but yeah, so you look like a problem child. You must well, be good looking because word getting around. Yeah, yeah, doesn't automatically mean everybody that works there wants to have sex with well, you. Well, they did, and I, I guess they got around like I had a fire crotch. So a fire, fire crotch. <laughs> I've never seen one of those before. Well, oh, I, I see. Okay. It. Yeah, it's like banging That's heat miser. Funny. Uh, yeah, okay. So anyhow, we were talking about, you know, remaining friends with somebody that you what have happened? sex with. But hotel yeah. sex, yeah. how does this pertain oh, yeah, to yeah. that? Well, I still had to work with the people. All right. And, uh, and there was no know, jealousy, not one or two of them that got a little weird about it? They did, but then I think it was just they, they knew what it was. They, you know, they, they came He's back with flop. me wherever, to, you know, wherever we went to, like I said, the stairwell, the roof, the... The parking garage, my place. All right, let, let me ask you. You got. You yeah. can't tell me that the ones you nailed in, on the roof and in the parking garage weren't <laughs> jealous of the people you brought into actual rooms. <laughs> right? Oh, I mean, God. when you're banging behind a Bronco, it, it's... <laughs> what was the most uh, precarious place that you managed to pull it off or pull it out, either one? <laughs> well, like I said, on the roof, I was working in Baltimore. I was looking over the harbor. And uh, Beautiful, the girl kind of... She went down, you know, I don't want to get into details. Yeah, but sure. Yeah, she right. went down to the harbor. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, you didn't work at that hotel that has a restaurant called Windows, do you? <laughs> I know Windows. No, it was actually, it was called, um, it was at the Hyatt Regency. Okay. I don't want to give too much out. I don't want people to know. No, you don't. Just, yeah. Yeah. A lot of yeah, people are texting Windows, in yeah. that they don't believe you, Thaddeus. <laughs> Maybe well, because you're well, a ginger. Send us a picture of your red pubic hair. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I can text it to you. <laughs> he doesn't want to give out too much information. His name's Thaddeus. He worked at the Hyatt Regency. <laughs> hey, 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 yeah, no, you know, Thaddeus is a very common uh, name, Nick. There must be a go. million Thaddeuses. Thaddeus. Yeah. Right, thanks, Thaddeus. Yeah, 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 yeah. See you later. Enjoyed wine at 3.30 in the afternoon. Here, this text says, bull ass. No one likes ginger dudes. That's funny. Oh, my God. Uh, we have a we have a, a poll. We have a Twitter poll. If you would yeah. like to answer that, uh, oh look who's on the line, Lauren, who had uh, oh, there gotten we go. in touch with Steve. This is her. She's the one that kicked this whole thing off. Hey there, Lauren. Hey, good morning. How's it going, guys? Wonderful. But how's it going for you? <laughs> good. It's a lot better now. Thanks for asking. <laughs> no problem. So th- you asked from a, a personal perspective because you had had maybe. Do you want to tell us what your situation was? So here's the situation. So my boyfriend and I were going together like two years now, but when we first started dating and got serious, he let me know he had a friend that was still in his life that, you know, they're very close. They're not, you know, very platonic now, haven't slept together in eight years, but they were talking a lot and, you know, still friends, very friendly, texting a lot here and there and still a lot of conversation, a lot of support, a lot of like a very, I guess, like emotional cheating, I guess is what I was thinking. Okay. About. You know, all right. Obviously, like they were still, so my, my reaching out to Steve for the poll was, is it appropriate to still be friends with a girl you had slept with, even if it's eight years ago, who's, you know, I don't know what the girl thinks, because obviously girls think a different way after they've, you know, had sex with a guy than a guy does. So my poll here is to see, is it appropriate, you know, I'm 32, he's 32, for a guy and a girl to continue on a friendship like that? So, the, the so, guy, so you're, you're talking, you're talking from a level of protection, like, is, is it feasible that he is simply really a straight-up platonic friend with an ex, and is that appropriate? I, I can tell you this. If they are legitimately friends and you are in the relationship with this guy and you feel and you feel comfortable with him, you, you should trust him, trust but verify, 
And I, I, yes, I, I think it's absolutely feasible. She mentioned something though, and we've we've brought this up on the air because I've seen articles about this before. That sometimes that women are more hurt with a uh, an emotional relationship yeah. than with a sexual relationship. Right. And and so so does it kind of bother you, Lauren, that maybe he you know, seeks uh, comfort or advice from her as opposed to you, that type of thing? Well, so now they don't talk anymore because I'm a psychopath and this <laughs> has been totally squashed, like, burnt that bridge, so now I don't have to worry about it, thank God. <laughs> but, you know, at the time, it was just like, so, you know, being in a relationship for two years in our 30s, I was like, it's just so inappropriate, like, get the hell out of my life. And so, for a girl to be, you know, to be her, and if I was in that position, and if I had someone, you know, a, gr- a good friend of mine who I had slept with, had the girlfriend reaching out saying, please don't talk my boyfriend anymore you're annoying like get a life i would go away because it's just like you know what i mean like yeah forward i think i no, i i understand that i think what happens is though when you start to do something like that you start to almost create the need for it to happen right. uh, you know so like uh he'll be like oh man this is you know it, it, it's a tough thing you know you're being honest about it about yeah. having it throw you off i think that ultimately uh, it's got to live or die by how you two are together, and if an external force can act upon that and ruin it, then it was perhaps not meant to be in the first place. You know? Right, exactly. Right. So he kind of, you know, got his big boy pants on and decided, oh yeah, right, I need this chick being me, and I don't need this one because it's not, you know, it's not fair. Okay. So she's out of the picture now to give you a full story, thank God. But during those times, it was just so much anxiety. Like, they're, they're on the phone, we're helping, we're giving her furniture, we're FaceTiming her dad. I'm like, I'm literally going to kill this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, that's, right. a lot for, that's a lot for an ex to be involved in your life. Hey, Lauren, would you, would you uh, categorize yourself as high maintenance? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, just a little bit, but I'm not going to be fake. You know what I mean? It's too short for that. So thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you, All right. Thank you so much, Steve. You're the man. You guys rock. No problem. All right. Thank you, Lauren. Have a All great right. day. Have Appreciate it. One. All right. So it was a little bit different scenario than, uh, but yeah, I understand. I yeah. 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 I mean, there are points at which it, also the boyfriend had in her case, Lauren's case, yeah. would have to understand that it's making, you know, like when, like with, with my, with my wife, I needed to understand her perspective on things to understand. You, you don't, sometimes it's not landing with you the way it is with the p- person that you care about in your life. And you need to try to see it from their side sometimes. Yeah. You know? Uh, during the course of that last conversation, by the way, Steve, a whole bunch of texts came over confirming Thaddeus's story. So <laughs> I did see a couple of them that said, yeah, I think that guy banged my cousin. <laughs> I believe him. <laughs> uh, Firebush. Yeah. Yeah. There were a few red, few. Uh, comments as well. So, all right. Well, discuss. We have a poll on our Twitter account. Uh, so, if you'd like to uh, chime in, you can do that. As of now, a couple hundred votes. Uh, it's leaning, leaning a little bit more towards yes, you can yeah. indeed. It's fifty six percent. You can maintain a, a real friendship with a one time f buddy. So that's the question of the day. All right, let's take a break. Stay close. We'll be back in a moment. MMR spotlights the best rock in Philadelphia with Jackson's Local Shots. That's right, and this month's band is Pawn Shop Roses. I'm so happy you found me, but then you drowned me at the party. Pawn 
Shop Roses, your local shots artist of the month. Check them out every Wednesday at 6.30 right here on the Mighty MMR. And you can hear and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks, Philly. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. And the Bizarre File is sponsored by Natural Lawn of America. It's safer for your lawn, kids, and pets. Schedule their full-service program and get free seeding every year. Call 800-FREE-SEED. Natural Lawn of America. Greeter grass, fewer weeds, guaranteed. You're going to love this story. When uh, news crews arrived at the scene... The roosters were far from shy and luckily behind the fence. This is the story. The health department says that uh, news, uh, that, that not news, that roosters are generally prohibited in New York City. And it says it has received complaints uh, that's being filed and in the process of investigating. So a guy named Leon Suzeran uh, says that the roosters are a threat to the community. Uh, particularly to the young children and the elderly who might not be able to defend themselves. Against Leon! Leon knows his stuff. Hold on. What? I stapled the back page to the front, and I was reading you the, the back half of the story first. <laughs> damn it. Wait, wait, wait. We can fix that. <laughs> fix it in post. <laughs> a Queens man is speaking out after being attacked on his way to work, not by a person, a dog, or even a rat, but by... A, a rooster. rooster. No I was wondering what, what the story was. Why? Is there a guy named Leon involved? Leon in Suzerain. Nasnir, this man Nasnir. He was on his way back to work when he was attacked from behind. The vein on his hand punctured. His pain was outmatched by surprise to find out who he was being attacked by, and it was a rooster. He said, I turned around and I saw blood gushing out of my hand. You little bastard, you punctured my pain vein. Uh, Leon said about the unusual assault, I had to deal with uh, the blood gushing out, and I had to deal with this animal that kept charging at me. Cockadoodle, don't! As Leon applied pressure to the wound to try and stop the bleeding, the rooster kept coming at him. Mm. Despite Leon's 6'2 build and Uh. his kicks... Uh, the rooster was unrelenting. Ultimately, he was able to outrun his attacker and call 911. Huh. Roosters often escape his neighbor's property uh, in Jamaica, he says, and have attacked others before. Now, let's go to the other part of the story that he started with earlier. It was almost like a Quentin Tarantino timeline. When a news crew arrived at the scene, the roosters were far from shy and luckily behind the fence. The health department says that roosters are generally prohibited in New York City. It says... <laughs> it was, we joined this story already in progress. Yeah, it's like a Keith Morrison. The town was sleepy and quiet. Totally. Yeah. Uh, it says it has received a complaint that's been filed and it is in the process of investigating... Leon says the roosters are a threat to his community, particularly to the young children and elderly who might not be able to defend themselves. Well, sure, everyone knows Leon. He said that he and his family tried, tried to approach the owners in his neighborly in a neighborly way, but were rejected. He said we tried to talk to the family, and they closed the door in our faces. So, sorry, about now that, it makes folks. sense. That was my fault. Uh, this is terrible news. Uh, every week during the summer of 2018, a woman bought 10 cases of apples, 50 pounds of carrots, and dozens of eggs. 
The food was for bears, though, Canada oh. authorities say. And a woman from Whistler was ordered to pay $60,000 after officials say she violated the Wildlife Act in British Columbia. Was she drawing them in? Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. the Conservation Office Service received a complaint that someone was feeding black bears in the neighborhood. Officials began investigating and found that the woman was feeding the black bears during the summer months of 2018. And every week she would buy food for the bears, like a whole bunch of it. Um, and bulk produce, they said, including up to 10 cases of apples, 50 pounds of carrots, and 15 dozen eggs, was purchased on a weekly basis to feed the bears. These activities created an extraordinary public safety risk by conditioning bears to human food and presence. Your Honor, I know you're saying I'm just a bear. There's no way I can provide an adequate defense for this woman. <laughs> but the heart on this woman and the kindness, I hope the court will consider this before they pass judgment. And, Thank you, sir. And, of course, the bears would... Yeah, defend the absolutely. Other woman. Yes, uh, in September, wildlife officials euthanized three bears that oh, were visiting man. the residential area. They had to. Uh, they damaged property and showed no fear toward people. Well, that was her fault. She was totally screwing with everything. Uh, the penalty sixty thousand dollars. By the way, it is the highest penalty imposed under the Wildlife Act. After demanding that an interloper get off of his sprawling lawn, a 90-year-old Florida man twice punched a neighbor in the face, according to, according to police uh, who arrested you, you son of a bitch. the rowdy nonagenarian for battery and resisting arrest. Uh, Thomas Conrad was busted Saturday afternoon following a dispute over a gardener cutting grass outside his home. Conrad's next-door neighbor, Jack Hansen, told police that his lawn guy was being yelled at by Conrad for being on his property while cutting the grass. Conrad recalled telling the gardener to get off his property. After asking... Oh, he didn't hit him yet. Oh. oh. After asking Conrad numerous times to leave them alone... Leave me alone! Hansen recalled an agitated and aggressive Conrad declared, I should punch you. Well, you son of a bitch, I fought in the war 1812. I want to fight you. I want to fight you. <laughs> uh, Hansen said he replied, go ahead... Uh, but I wouldn't advise, or police will get called. I want to fight you. Uh, the I think I want to fight you now. A uh, couple, <laughs> and I'll do it along with you. A uh, couple uh, cops allege that Conrad let's throw it naked. Then punched Henson twice in the face, and when police later arrived at Conrad's residence, he was resting and did not. His wife said uh, he did. He was resting and didn't want to be disturbed. <laughs> One, two, three. After this, <laughs> I forgot we have that. After his spouse convinced him to speak with cops. Sesame Street with yes. the... <laughs> with, 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 now Frank you're going to learn something. Teacher, teach us how to count. Get one, right. two, three. One, two, three. You got that? How about the alphabet? Do we learn that at all? A, B, D, B, C, D, F. <laughs> Z. I'll kill a lot of you. After his spouse... Just the three of us, four of us, me and you. After his uh, spouse convinced him to speak with cops. That's almost like a rhyme there. Yeah, and a dog named Bo. Just the three of us, four of us, me and you. Me and you. And a dog named Bo. <laughs> well, he was walking a dog Absolutely. at the time. Remember, yeah, this yeah, is Bush. Uh, so after his spouse convinced him to speak with cops, Conrad recalled telling the gardener to get off his lawn. He claimed that Henson told him, from me. told him to punch him in the face. And that time he punched him twice on the left side of his face. Deputies then asked Conrad... If someone was to ask him to shoot them, would he do it? And he replied, then I would have shot him. Wow. For being on my lawn. One, uh, two, three. He was advised that he didn't, uh, he had apparently advised that uh, he had done nothing wrong because the victim asked him to punch him in the face. Oh, all right. 
When cops tried to explain that he had committed battery, Conrad told them to get the F out of my house. Get off my lawn. Yeah. And, get, and began to walk away. Get away from me. Uh, that's a classic old, oh, yeah. pissed off old guy. Get off my lawn. As uh, deputies sought to take Conrad into custody, he allegedly balled up his fist, refused to place his hands behind his back after being handcuffed. He was booked into the county jail for 90? battery. And resisting arrest, yeah. Oh. This is him balling up his fist. <laughs> <laughs> Both All right, and that's your bizarre file. We'll take a break. We'll come back in a moment. More stuff to give away. The lesson question. Trash and music news up when we return. What's new? Glad you asked. The pretty reckless. Ghost. Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen. New music, more of everything that rocks. I'm 93.3 WMMR. There's something I wanted to mention. This came out actually a couple weeks ago, and I never got to it. Uh, But I'm going to pass along some of this information, and then I have a follow-up to this, okay? So this is um, the best countries report. The best, so, okay. So it's a yearly ranking. Of it's released best countries. But it's released by U.S. News and World Report, BAV Group, and uh, the Wharton School here in uh, at Penn. Um, so what they did is they, they evaluated 79 nations using 76 different metrics or attributes taking into account how countries are perceived, economics, military presence, education, quality of life. All these things are taken into effect. Right. Uh, more than 17,000 individuals from 36 countries spread across Asia, Europe, and the Middle East and Africa were surveyed. More than 10,000 of those surveyed were informed elites, they call I don't know what that means. It means you get a T-shirt. Over 4,900 were business decision makers, and the rest were considered general public. Uh-huh. Uh, there were a number of new metrics added this year's in this year's report, including racial equality, commitment to social justice, adaptability, the commitment to climate goals, and so on. So I'm, I'm going to give you a few of these because they're, they're broken down into categories. Um, and then I got I, I have a follow up uh, list. Which country that, weighs the most? That I'm going to run. Uh, it's got to be Russia. Run right? by you, right? You yeah, would think so. Area. Mass alone. They got a lot of ice up there too. But in in the best overall country category, I just have the top five in these. By the way, and I think it said it was 79 countries. Uh, but number one is Canada. Uh, number two is Japan. Number three is Germany. Number four is Switzerland. And number five is Australia. So these are the overall winners. And there are other winners. Do they have a big ceremony where all the countries gather? Different categories. I don't know about any. Not this year. Okay. Yeah, because of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All the countries go to a place in the, uh, you know, South Pacific. So they break it down to things like quality of life. Okay. So quality of life, number one was Canada. Uh, Number two is Denmark. Interesting. Number three, New Zealand. Someplace I know we all want to go to. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, number four. I is, mean, that's where they shot Xena, Warrior Princess, Preston, uh, and the Lord of the Rings, and the Lord of the Rings. Yes. Yeah. Uh, number four is Sweden. And You've num- been. Uh, I have been. And uh, number five is Netherlands. So I don't know what they mean by quality of life. I guess just access to meatballs. Enjoy. <laughs> There's plenty of that in Sweden. Yeah, Swedish Sweden. meatballs. Uh, so um, these are always vague, sort of. I mean, they have general descriptions and, and general. Uh, it depends on the parameters, like you said. The parameters you laid out are, are you know, they, they, there'll be nuances that they tick up and down in. But they, it, it, these same countries seem to fall in the same 
upper tier uh, in all these lists. Uh, yeah, but Canada, for the first time, uh, that's the first time they've ever taken uh, number one. That's because of Tim Hortons. Uh, and they moved up from number two last year to first place. Um, I'm not sure who had first place last year or not because Japan is second place. But let me give you a couple more of these, and then I'll, then I'll get to the meat of what I wanted to mention. So cultural influence. Uh, number one is Italy. Two is France. Three, the United States. Uh, number four is the United Kingdom, and number five is Japan. So number one for cultural influence is Italy? Italy. I interesting. Thought I would have thought the United States because yeah. we are such exporters of pop culture. Same. Yeah. Uh, yeah However, we, we, they do a lot of pasta. We follow Europe in a lot of things. Like, they, they always have it first, and we're well, kind of they also, But they're also very, they're very focused in on the United States as well. But True. Kathy's talking about fashion, food, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I do wear That's a lot of Italian fashion. Mainly European uh, yeah. influence, especially food. Uh, then you have um, adventure, best to visit. Yes. Um, so number one is Brazil. Ah. Ooh, interesting. Uh, number two, Italy. Number three, Spain. Number four, Greece. And uh, number five is Thailand. You were going to go to Greece, right? I'm supposed mm-hmm. to go to Greece this summer, and uh, we're going to Carfu, which is an island um, on the west side, the west coast. Um, and I was thinking about trying to maybe go to Croatia afterwards. Wow. My wife has been to Croatia and thought it was magnificent. That's what I've heard. Yes. All right. In the category of power, the United States is number one, followed by China, Russia, Germany is fourth, and the United Kingdom is fifth. Mm -hmm. And then the last, and there's another one where the U.S. comes in first place, but I don't understand it. Agility. Yes. For the country. Every year, every country runs an (laughs) obstacle course. Nick, you remember this? Yeah, about that. Yeah, the country (laughs) obstacle course. Yeah, the country obstacle course. It's like American Ninja. United States. entire countries. (laughs) Is first, then Australia, then Canada, Germany, and Singapore. It's kind of a dumb category. Agility. (laughs) What is it, a sobriety test? Yeah. Ability to adjust on the fly. You know, I, I mean, we're doing a really good job of getting vaccines out, right? So is that, um, so does that speak to agility? Um, twerking. 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 Probably twerking. <laughs> Didn't even consider that. Which country twerks right. the best? So that leads. All right, so this sets this up now. To this. So right. this, is a, this is a list that I saw on BuzzFeed. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of lists on BuzzFeed compare... Um, we'll, we'll come up with comparisons between uh, Europe and the United States, or the United Kingdom and the United States, and so on. And, and they'll they'll be like, you know, this thing is considered weird in the UK, but right. it's normal oh, here, yeah, yeah, or vice versa. But I like this one. It says people are sharing things that North America does better than Europe. So we and, finally are doing something right, and you can take it or leave it. And I thought this in the would eyes be of the nice. stinking world. Okay. And some of this is from uh, the eyes of of people who are not from here, and some of go. it I think comes from from people who are from here. So it's okay to be proud of what we're doing, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah, most definitely, and to appreciate what other countries do too. I I, I hold no like I love pasta. shame in admitting that some countries do things better than the United States. I don't in any way, shape, or form think we're the greatest at absolutely everything. No. But there are some things that are pretty damn awesome. So, uh, and and it's some of this is outside of the box thinking, too, okay? So, I'll give you this first one. It says, whoever this respondent is says, I would say cartoons. Uh, I have a hand, I have to hand it to you guys. Your animations are brilliant. 
The Simpsons, South Park, which always has me questioning, did I just see that? And The King of the Hill for what I call assassination humor. So they have no uh, no point of origin, no country, or the, the person that said this? Not for the respondent, no. Just some guy. Uh, it's subtle, subtle, subtle. You suddenly uh, get out, out, out of nowhere, bam, you split your sides laughing. Yep, you guys have great cartoons, I'll give you that. You That's Yanks like, have great cartoons. That's mm-hmm. historic, too. I mean, like Looney Tunes and Hanna-Barbera yeah. and yeah. Mickey Mouse, you know, we've been doing that well for decades. The only thing I can think of... Well, I mean, you have, I mean, cartoons, if you want to go with animation in general, you have anime out of uh, Japan, Asian uh, uh, nations. And then I think uh, we got the Smurfs from France. Yes. Right. Belgium. I I believe it's Belgium. Yeah, we've we've never forgiven that. Um, So they were a huge hit. All right. Here's another respondent said blues and jazz. Yeah. I will forever be indebted to the United States for blues and jazz. No question. That music, that that popular music, was clearly the United States was a huge influence. You you can hear all the all the blues uh, uh, influences in early rock in the United Kingdom. The British bands, the British loved invasion, it. was all Absolutely. stemmed from that. Uh, and uh, jazz, I mean, the greatest jazz players ever. You know, it was it it, it was the, its origins were here. Yes, you know. So I will definitely get on board for that one. Uh, here's another one that says, uh, it's not a physical thing, but North America does optimism better. Really? They said, I lived yeah. in three countries huh. and three continents so far, including Europe and North America. And there's something in the air in North America that instills a sense of go for it in me. That's the, uh, when you describe the American attitude, the, and I, I think I consider myself an, an optimist, you know, it, it, and some people do well being Glass half empty, you know. I mean, it, it, yes, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. I mean, whatever works for you. I've always subscribed to a notion of optimism. Uh, they said, as vague as it sounds, I found that in the EU, the idea of doing something on your own immediately leads to a sense of no way that will work out. So this person thinks that we. It's like that. when uh, when uh, um, you know when you watch the crown and, you, and you're seeing the, them all say, "Remember, this probably won't work out." Right. <laughs> Very uh, inspiring. And feel free to add to these if you want to, 215-263-WMMR. Okay. Like Churchill's, this is probably not work out. How about this? Uh, And this one refers to Sweden. Uh, This person says, talking. I visited the U.S. two years ago, and people were so friendly and talkative. I can't recall the last time someone small-talked with me in Sweden. So, remember, we had those Swedes come by and stay with us a couple of years ago. Did you find that was the case? Five guys. And they flat out said that. They said in Stockholm in particular. Really? Like people are so icy cold, they don't want to engage with anyone. And it might be a fear of just speaking to strangers and getting in on their business or them getting in on yours. It's not necessarily to be rude, but they were saying how refreshing it was being here with people who want to engage in conversation or to, hey, you look like you could use some help. Let me come over and help you out, you know? Is it pop? Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's it's one of my favorite things to do on the street. When I'm walking down the street and I see somebody kind of... I'm going to go annoy them. Yeah, well, I feel like half the time I do. But they're looking at their cell phone, trying to, like, look up a restaurant. Or even if they're just looking at menus and trying to pick a place. Or sometimes they have a map. I love just walking up and saying, like, hey, can I help you? And nine times out of ten, they'll actually say, I'm good. Um, But everybody always smiles and says, no, but... Thank you for offering. I appreciate that. You know, it's interesting, and and I've had that experience in our fair city, and and I can concur with that. That that I think that that that's very rife here in Philadelphia. I've had visitors in from out of town, so I'm going to go show them around town, right? Walk around, you know, uh, city hall, the main area, Liberty City Bell, and um, 
on, on each occasion, strangers will come up. Like at one time I was pointing up to Billy Penn and I'm telling him about the statues yeah. and the height and uh, and the so on. And a guy comes up, he's like, you know, they got one at the top of uh, uh, the Comcast building. And I said, yeah, dude, I've seen it. And and we started talking and they started talking to my guests. I'm like, yeah, they're from out of town. And they started sharing their bit of information as well. They wanted to talk that's and nice. engage. And I thought that was really that's cool. A, that's a quality of life. Philly, Philly gets the, the rap of being a, a hardened difficult to deal with city when i i see it as people want to help you out yes my brother has done extended stays in different parts of the world and he actually he's on the lamb he (laughs) no he actually got lost for hours through the night was up throughout the entire night because there was nobody he was in prague there was no one who would help him he was lost and there was nobody Hmm. who would help him get back and he said so he said that it was like it was amazing how how they they didn't talk talk about no small talk. He he was just simply asking for directions, and nobody would help. They're 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 um, leery of yeah. our yeah. people. He was in Prague. In Prague, okay. Yeah, and he he said I'll he he enjoyed his time. The reason he went over there, he said, was was absolutely amazing. But he's like, it's not a place I would really ever want to go back to. He could wow. not. No one would help him find the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Maybe that's why yeah. he, he was ignoring him. But Stupid you know what? He, American. He, well, and he's so, power. He is so friendly. We always laugh at him because yeah. if somebody has an accent, he immediately is drawn to them and becomes best friends with him. His wedding party was like he had somebody from Spain, someone from Ireland, yeah. uh, someone from South Africa in his wedding party. It's very cool. Talk about friendly, overly friendly. Go somewhere with Casey sometime. Yeah. Oh, so over the uh, last weekend, I went into Lowe's. He had to get some stuff, and and I, I, I yeah, I'll go along with. It. He, he swung by my house, so we, so we went in. And Casey's at uh, Casey just wants to make people happy. Yeah, and so he's engaging with the woman at the checkout counter. This older woman who was just not. Taking the bait. She she didn't want to have a chit chat. She just wanted him to go. But Casey did not give up. And he wasn't being annoying about about it. Like, it was like, hey, how you doing today? You know, asking these questions. And she just wanted to get her day over with. But Case wouldn't stop trying, ma'am. He, he just did he crack to... her eventually. No, did they get a hotel no, room. She never, she never gave in. Listen, Friendly I normally don't do this. Now <laughs> you sweet talked me. Yeah, you whippersnapper. But yeah, I'll drop my panties for you. <laughs> You know, if if you're wearing a name tag and it's got your name on it, yeah, Casey will say. Oh, it. he's all in. <laughs> hey, Janice, how are you doing today? Oh, it's beautiful out today, isn't it? Great. And she's just going. Can you just give me? I need to. I want to check. Well, you out. Casey it. does it authentically. He I, does. There are people who do it to make themselves feel better, as opposed to you know, like I'm going to try to brighten, be a bit of sunshine for this person. Oh, got it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. No, they, they do it In for themselves. In other words, they're, they're doing, they're, I'm going to be this great person I, I'm, as opposed to I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want, Casey does it authentically. I'm such a ray of sunshine. I'm going to improve your day by saying hi to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like you've never, you've never gotten, I, I you've never been with someone who's trying so hard that it's so obvious it's, it's, it's a show. No, never. never. Somebody who's well, they're good for you, that man. They're, that they're doing it for themselves. That they're doing it. They're, they're they're putting on a show as opposed to they really want you to. Feel I don't know better. how I could tell the difference. Oh, you yeah. could tell the difference. I have an really? example. Sometimes it's at a like at a restaurant. Yeah. Some people will say to the server, "Oh, well, what's your name?" Oh, Preston, how's your day going? They'll kind of go over the top when the server just wants to get yep. to the table and leave right. and move on to their next table. Yeah. But yeah. I have started asking servers, you know how. 
how are you today when they ask you how you are? Right. And a lot of people are surprised that I've asked them. I always and do. People, are you engaged in conversation? Yeah. And when people come by to do stuff on... I don't. I, I let them do their thing if they're coming to do some work on the house. But I always engage. I always ask if they want something to drink and just say, "How's everything?" You know, so that you, I can't stand that. You know, uh, well, you're working for me. Thing. It, it to me, I can't. You know. Yeah. You you do it in. in, in it's just ge- general courtesy. You know. Yes. Basic human you, feelings. Yeah. You mean something to me here. All right, here's uh, here's another observation. Uh, someone says Americans, on average, seem to have been brought up to have more self-esteem and confidence. Uh, it can be annoying at times, but generally, I think it's a good trait to have uh, to live a more fulfilling life. I don't know where they're from, but uh, they had no yeah, that. I'd really be interested to see where they're coming from. Yeah, I've just, just got their names, like uh, Humatoya. Humatoya. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't help me. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, here's another one that says, uh, cars give you the right of way when you're walking and let you go. Oh, yeah. That's like everywhere but here, or they're saying here? No, they're saying here. Oh, uh, I well, disagree. Go, goes Maybe. along with the outward friendliness of U.S. culture, which I like. In California, perhaps, but not, not in here. New York City. <laughs> not in New York, no. Uh, well, the, 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 in, in Manhattan, perhaps not. They, they, like, uh, but they're, we, we, not. We, are, we are taught more... Uh, certainly in European countries, you will find a lot more uh, willingness to run you over. Although I think I was almost killed several times a day when I was in Barcelona. Like they, the 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 pedestrian situation is, no, you just wait till we go by. Because they have, not only have they cars, they have like the little um, mopeds or whatever they are. And those definitely have the, or think they have the right of way. I don't know if they actually do or not. Right. Uh, now with a place down in, in the shore area, I found that uh, well, pedestrians... They're uh, first. Yeah, they're absolutely oh, yeah. first. Yeah, yeah without down the question. shore is different than here. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Well, they clamp down on even when you go into Wildwood. That you know, um, they you 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 go one or two miles over the speed limit, the s- and they're going to nail yep. your ass. Twenty five. Yeah, because the they have a ton of pedestrians. Yeah, the speed mm-hmm. limit and pedestrians. I mean, you will. It's not like Barcelona. You will get pulled over right away. All right. This other person says one thing that um, um, America or North America does better than Europe is theme parks. Says Cedar Point is the best place in the world if you love roller coasters. And we still haven't been. I believe that. Yeah. And we could do that if we went in and broadcast in the Rock and Roll Hall, Rock and Roll uh, Museum. Oh, yeah, oh, we yeah. got to do that. Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one says you have uh, conventions in like every state. It seems. <laughs> While here in Denmark we have zero. So they love the fact that we have conventions, and there are conventions. That's funny. Every we have damn good conventions. Can't wait to get back to conventions. Yep. Uh, here's another Kathy, one. That, you're a Shriner. From a European that says, uh, the way they provide a tall glass of cold water as soon oh. as you're seated at a restaurant. In Europe, they're way too into bottled water and fancy water. And you got to ask for I it. I just want to chug some tap water. It's so refreshing. Wait, and, they're, and it's tiny. When, yeah. If they do give you water, it's the smallest glass, and it's like a shot. Yeah, might, stop, stop the pompous water portion. Yeah. So you might not get ice with it. However, I do, I do like in Europe that they serve everything at room temperature. Uh, I do like the warm. I you're do like room, regular room temperature water. Yeah, you're room temperature. Well, guy. and in Europe, you, they charge you for everything. Like they charge you for the bread, sometimes Ketchup. for the water. They charge you for, for asking. <laughs> yeah. They charge you for bread. Oh yeah. Wow. Wait, it's it's a scheme. Like when you're in Italy, they'll put bread on the table, and if you don't touch it, then you won't get charged for it. But if you take a piece of bread, then they'll charge you. What for if it. you simply touch it and don't eat it? I don't know if they know. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't know. Stick you could do it. Oh, yeah. oh, no, no, they may know. Touch I don't it. know, though. Because, so when, when I was in Italy, the limoncello after dinner, I refused it. And the guy looked at me and he was like, 
what are you talking about? No. And he's like, no, it, you, you have to. But it wasn't, we were, you were never charged for a shot Look, of Lemoncello Mario, don't tell dinner. me what I have to do. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but it was like I was insulting them. And that was, I, it was like one of the first days we were there. And so for the rest of the trip, I just took it and handed it to them. It's weird, though, forget. what they get insulted by. Because yeah. we had, the, the, there was a a, a, a a waiter came over to the table and I called his wife a filthy whore. And he, oh, was, he was offended by that. Yeah. Uh, here's one that says in America or North America, there's much less of a class system. Most jobs are respected or romanticized in some sense. Huh. Hmm. Uh, another one stated representatives of American and Canadian businesses understand the ramifications of bad word of mouth and generally try hard to prevent it from happening one customer at a time. If you are unhappy with a purchase, you simply return it and you get your money back, right, Kathy? Yeah, my God. No questions those. asked. It's true. Uh, if the movie you go to see disappoints you in the first half hour, you ask for a ticket to a different movie. I've never done oh, that. No, I've never done that. What <laughs> lunatic country is saying this? I don't know. Yeah, I don't believe this one. Sumparian is the person's name, so Sumparian I'm not really sure. Sumparian is Latvian. Uh, no, but they said that, uh, yeah, they understand that um, w- word of mouth, good customer service yeah. yes. is important. It means something. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so this person says, uh, as far as North America doing things better than the, than Europe, says, I have to mention superheroes. Batman, Spider-Man, the Hulk, Iron Man, X-Men, Superman, and, of course, Captain America. The Europeans don't have anything to compete with that. <laughs> so, for me, I've always said that, in many ways, superheroes would be akin to the, the, the knights of, um, you know, of uh, the round table. Right, or, right. Or Arthurian legend, okay. or things of that nature, or samurai legends in Japan. But we, on a pop culture level, we crush it. Okay. Uh, here's another one that says, the U.S. Railroad Network, Railroad Network is in many ways superior to that of any other nation. What? So keep in mind, there are a lot of people that travel by rail in Europe. Yeah. Uh, So it says everybody just thinks it's crap because it takes forever to take the train somewhere. Yeah, it does. But that's because a few million tons of stuff has higher priority on the rails than you do. Oh, so freight, we do well, but passengers, Europeans do much better than we okay. do. Yeah, but if you're a hobo, you get the boast of both worlds. Europeans and uh, yeah. Japanese. I mean, the, the rail lines in those two countries, uh, you know, I, I envy them. I would love to ride one of those fast trains I, I in have. Japan. Oh, not in Japan, but yeah. in, in Europe. And it's, you you know, you can go a place in record time. It's, it's yeah. great. Yep. Uh, another person states, and some of these are, are interesting... Ice cream flavor variety. Yeah. Yeah, we do pretty well with that. <laughs> really? Oh, my Com- God. Compared yeah. to Europe? Yeah. I mean, you know, you right, I don't a, know. a gelato place and, uh, you know, you get standard flavors. Yeah. But uh, we, we've we done quite well with the ice cream over the years. And the number of brands that make ice cream and the number, you know, 31 flavors and Ben and & Jerry's and all of it. It's and funny they, for all the flavors. So I'm still, I still revert to the two basics. <laughs> and they don't tend to do, like, we were talking the other day about putting too many ingredients yes. in ice cream. They don't right. typically do that with gelato. It's just a single flavor. Right, right. Uh, so I said, uh, seriously, my English friends are always amazed when I tell them about the varieties of ice cream <laughs> in the United States. Uh, and then just two more quick things. One says uh, public toilets or the availability of toilets in public places. Hmm. I do remember being in France. I went, and I went there a long time ago. And yes, to use a public toilet... I had to actually put coins yeah. in the slot to get in. I mean, in a mm-hmm. restaurant. Yeah, you still do. Yeah. I went, really? Yeah, yeah, I went to a bathroom near um, the Louvre when, when we did the broadcast from England. And um, my girlfriend and I took the train over. And I remember it was like, you know, like a five pounds or whatever, or five francs. And yeah, it's a pain in the ass. It's a mm-hmm. dollar to go to the bathroom. 
That is inconvenient as hell. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and we were going back to my earlier thing about taking a dump on the street. Yeah. Well, we you know where you, need, you know where it. you belong? France. San Francisco. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's where you need to be. Uh, they're, they're cleaning it up though now here. What were you going to say? Uh, no, I was going to say you're not like you're not ready for it if you don't have the change right. on you and you're like, "Wait, I just wanted to go to the bathroom." Yeah. Yeah, I remember being stuck and like, "Ah, <laughs> I don't know what to do." Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, and then one last thing. Uh, it says making websites like Reddit, which is where this list came from. Yeah, so. knock it off. I'm kind of surprised that uh, National Parks didn't make the list. Cause... It did. Oh. It actually did, and I apologize, Nick. I looked over that because that was from someone from North America. It said, National Parks, I think we have some of the best parks in the world. And they set the model for other parks around the world. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, Yellowstone, I believe, was the first national park anywhere, and there are 62 or 63 in our country, and Canadian parks and, and uh, European parks are modeled after American parks. A lot of people in Europe like our modesty about our national parks. Yeah, well, a lot of people from Europe and around the world come to our national parks for the very reason of coming to this country. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, one call, and then we got to take a break. I'm going to go to uh, Justin. Hey, Justin, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are is your morning going so far? It's the go- weather is beautiful today. <laughs> hey, that's Thank great. You. What's the current What's temperature? The traffic like? <laughs> so I studied abroad in Belize in Central America, and we had a, we part of our curriculum was, was kind of a, a cultural education. And the book that they had us read explained something that may be contributing to the, the willingness for small talk uh, throughout the world. Um, in, in equatorial countries where the growing season is extended almost year-round, there's not almost any urgency to harvest food for the winter because there really is no winter. Okay. Um, in, in, you know, as, as you get north and south uh, in colder climates, there's a real urgency throughout the growing season to get the food in. And, you know, this kind of dates back to when when there was a lot less grocery stores around the world. You know, okay. food was available when it was available. I have no idea how you're going to get to the point you're trying to okay. make, but go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's all good. As, as we're walking through the street in colder climates, there's an urgency and less willingness to have small talk on the street. Yeah, when and you're when freezing we, your balls off, you don't stop and yeah. chat. Say, say that one more When time. you're freezing your balls off, you don't stop and chat. All right? So, exactly. Exactly. So the, yeah, yeah. The, Caribbean uh, vibe, the Caribbean vibe that I was... Uh, that I was studying and everybody was willing, you know, I got African friends who are always late because they're talking to people. Right. So ah. that, that small talk, that factors in. I'm sure there's a lot of, a lot more things going on there too. But, All right. You yeah. Know. Interesting. I didn't think about that. Thanks, uh, Justin. I appreciate it. No I problem. Guess maybe the, like you're you. more likely to meet people around areas where they're handing out free stuff. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I mean, these are kind of uh, axiomatic. All right. Uh, Well, these were, this is from Reddit, uh, uh, things that uh, North America does better than Europe, and uh, it's a a wide study. I guess people contributing on this uh, Reddit. uh, It's a nice reminder. Interesting. Of what you love. All right, let's take a break. Come back in a moment. We'll be right back. Why talk on the phone? Just text MMR at 39333. Send requests, comments, or text songs for what we're playing 24-7. The MMR short code. Always open, never busy. 39333. Our guest is on the line, our first of three that we have here. He's been in our studio before. It was such an exciting day. Great time. A long time ago when he came by here. Uh, But uh, we're happy to have him on once again. And he's promoting... A project called We Live On, which is a live virtual production, and it's a series of shows, and we're going to get the nitty-gritty from him. Please welcome Mr. Tim Robbins to the show. Good morning, Tim. 
Good morning. How are you doing? We're we're doing good, man. Tim, I I mentioned you uh you know you you paid a visit here to the studio to refresh your memory. It was about that time that you were only doing haikus on Twitter. I think. <laughs> if you remember that. Yeah. Oh, the good old days. <laughs> the, the good old haiku days. <laughs> Before all the hate and vitriol. Right. But it was fun. It was young and innocent. And that's the charm of a haiku. It limits you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, listen, we want to hear about this project. First of all, really interesting that you guys are doing this, a, a pay-what-you-can uh, approach, which means that you pay whatever you feel that um, you're able to handle, you can yeah. handle, or what you feel this deserves. And can you tell us a little bit about that before we get into what it's all about? Well, it, it, they're kind of connected because the, okay. we live on. It tells the story of uh, 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 the people during the depression, and so we thought, well, we don't want to really charge uh, money for people that don't can't afford it. So, right. if you if you're broke, if you're busted, and you need to. A little uh, humanity, it's, uh, it, it can be for free if you need it to be. Cool. Well, okay. and, and I think this is perfect because uh, the, the author is Studs Turkel, who's, um, uh, and I've never known how to pronounce his last name. I always say Turkel or whether it's Turkel, but it's all I know. Turkle, okay. I, I, I mean, the stuff that I have read. But, and, and Turkel sounds a kind of French, so. Yeah, I, I guess I, so. I like that. <laughs> yeah. But he has a, uh, had a, a singular ability to sort of capture the, the the voice of of regular Americans, and so that's um, you know this is this whole thing uh, jibes together really well. Are, are you a longtime fan? Yes, and as a matter of fact, I got a chance to interview him uh, wow. for the, the county, the L.A. County Museum, uh, many years ago, and um, he was amazing. He was a great chronicler of America. He was he's the Working was one of his books. Hard times, the one we're, we're adapting. Um, he he went out and talked to regular people, and got their stories. And uh, it's truly moving. It's it's truly inspiring because it these people that are talking from so long ago are really telling our story, and uh, and and showing, I think, and the reason why we wanted to do it, courage and resilience and strength and. And compassion that one needs in times of uh, uh, heart, you know struggle. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of Americans struggling right now, and we figured we wanted to do something that lifted spirits by reminding us of our ancestors and how they took on great challenge during the Great Depression and, and got through it. You know, it, it's I I I mean, well, it does serve that purpose. Any of this time period of the Great Depression. Um, and there's so many stories that do inspire. I was just watching the, the Ron Howard film uh, Cinderella Man uh, the other night. And, you know, it, it's it's in that that time frame uh, and how people just rose to the challenge. And um, it always reminds me of uh, my mother always used to say, "This too shall pass." And at the beginning of all the stuff that we've been going through lately, you know, we we tend to think in just these snapshots. But um, uh, the uh, this sort of stuff and this sort of material can remind you that you know. Life is a little bit more cyclical, and and the and the bad passes, and then you go into the good. Yes, yes, and there were so many people that were, you know, working people that had jobs and didn't, and were were doing were doing okay, and then the, the Great Depression hit, had to hit the road. You know, there were over two million hobos in uh, riding the rails during Jeez. the Depression, and that's a hobo is different than. A tramp or a bum. It's right. A hobo is an itinerant worker. They're, they're they're looking for jobs. A tramp will work if he's forced to, but a bum won't 
won't work at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then there, there again, you know, there, there's, a, there's a, a charm and, a, and an attraction to this this time period because of that. There were all all sorts of things at, at play. Uh, you, as as a director, when you're taking on something like this, and you've directed before, obviously, um, and it's it's work that you really respect at, at this level. I mean, how much how much work has to go into your job as the director to tell these stories? Well, this one was particularly difficult because usually we meet and uh, workshop and we're in the same room together. With uh, the lockdown, we had to start working <clears throat> on Zoom. Yeah. And we found quickly that Zoom doesn't really, uh, isn't really compatible with theater, with two people doing a scene together because of, we know they're in different locations, the timing is off, the technology is off. So we started working with monologues, and this was the best source material I could I could imagine because it, it really was talking to now. And uh, and I also encouraged uh, some of our, our members to write their own stories, to talk to their grandparents and great-grandparents of, and, tell, and find their story and tell their story. So there's some incredibly moving um, uh, stories about uh, survival that, uh, uh, from our own from our own uh, actors, and are these uh, essentially soliloquies that they're doing? Yes, essentially, it's it's what we found was that uh, the way to communicate, the way to make a connection with with audiences was a direct address into the camera, a oh. real in, a real personal, intimate connection, mm-hmm. and it took a while to get it because it's not something that we're inclined to do as actors to look into the camera and to be very personal. But uh, <clears throat> once we got through our resistance to that, we found that it, it actually works. It, it actually does communicate with our audiences. Our audiences have been really responsive. We do, an hour, it's a, every show, each part is about an hour and 20 minutes, but we always do a talk back after. And what we, the reason why we found that this was going to uh, be something that would would be responded to by our audiences was that we found that people hung out after for another hour and a half to wow. talk about That's and great. to share their to share their stories and to share their ancestors' stories. Mm. It's been really moving. Well, so the production is thirty counts uh, in three parts, thirty uh, accounts. Uh, people telling their stories from, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm seeing here Cesar Chavez and Dorothy Day and, and, and others. And, uh, you know, there, there's something, if you stop and think about Studs Turkle's work in, in the fact that, um, you know, we, we didn't have, <laughs> people weren't working around with the cell phones and chronicling every second of their mm. lives the way they are now. The, this is how, you know, the, 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 they don't just get cast off into the ether. These, these stories survive because of the works of these great writers, you know, like Steinbeck and, and, and all these people. So it's an important thing, and it's an important thing to be exposed to. So uh, now that you've done it, you sort of cracked the code on this, can you see yourself working this way in the future, or is this just a byproduct of what we had to deal with for the past year? I, I absolutely can, and one of the reasons I can is because this, this limitations, these, these, these uh, challenges we've had to face, have a, have a silver lining because what we've been able to do with other shows that we've been working on is at, is actually reach out to the entire world. Yeah, we've had we've had people uh, from all over the country and all over the world coming to the, the previews of this, and it's it's this is something 
I find really inspiring. You know, we've traveled as a theater company <clears throat> all over the United States. We've been in 40 states and in five continents throughout the world. And But it takes a lot to get out on the road. It takes a huge budget, and a, you know, but uh, this allows us to communicate with our friends all over the country and all over the world. So, yes, I do see uh, it as a, a possible uh, a future so for, it opened, the, for the gang. It opens today. It runs through September 4th. And how does one consume it? How, does, how, how do we get it? Go to theactorsgang.com, the actors and uh, you can get tickets there. Uh, and like I said, it's... Uh, if you're flat busted, that's okay. We got your back. Excellent, hey, Tim. Uh, continuing on with uh, how things in, uh, had changed, you know, uh, with COVID being introduced uh, and everyone having to, to make uh, uh, shifts in, in how they do things. One of the things that came out of this, I think, that was entertaining for us people stuck at home and the actors stuck at home too, were reunions of cast getting together, doing some uh, Zoom or maybe watching along a film. Had, is there a chance that, that um, something like that could happen with, say, like the cast of Bull Durham or, or you know, some of your really iconic uh, films that you've done? Because that would be a lot of fun. I, I wouldn't rule out the possibility. Uh, it's a difficult medium. Yeah. Uh, I've seen some of those. And, um, I, you know, I, I think it's, it's fun, but I, 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 we needed to find a new art form. We needed to find a new way with this. And, and this is a result of, you know, good year of workshop. So <clears throat> I want to, I want to, um, I want to continue to do things that challenge us and also, uh, respect the audience in a way that, we we really worked on this. <laughs> we just get together yeah. and read it. No, it's, right. it's clear. Yeah, I yeah. understand that. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. It's, it's, so, um, yeah. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but uh, I know you got to wrap. But uh, nonetheless, we'll, we're excited about this. And by the way, theactorsgang.com is where you can get the info and, and to see the live virtual uh, production. And that uh, runs through September 4th. But it's awesome to have you on, Tim. We're huge fans. So thanks and good luck with everything. And just wanted to mention that on Saturdays we do all three of them back to back. We, do, we oh. do a marathon. Excellent, Wonderful. excellent. All right, thanks, Tim. We appreciate it. Rock on, man. <laughs> they were giving us the wrap up, and I'm like, oh, I just got to say, it's been an honor for me as an actor with my long and storied career to talk to such an exemplary morning show. <laughs> Tim Robbins, everybody. Yay! You heard it from his mouth. Wow, I can't believe he said those nice things at the end there. Like, that. I mean, that guy's been a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, and, uh, that kind of. Praise is something that's not. In fact, I'm a I'm a little misty. <laughs> are you really? Yeah. We are happy to welcome our next guest. He is ready to go, and actually, uh, he's been working on a documentary for it, a long time. It looks amazing. It does look amazing. It is called Finn, and it is streaming now on Discovery Plus. And we are helping happy uh, to welcome. Do we have that ready to go? Antonio Margarita. <laughs> no, no. Actually, <laughs> please welcome Eli Roth yeah. to the show this morning. Hey, Eli, how you doing? Buongiorno. Hey, guys. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. Hey, uh, I know this, uh, this is a pretty heavy subject, and I remember uh, seeing um, some film clips and a story about this uh, taking place several years ago, about what this documentary is about, the sharking industry, and fins in particular. Uh, tell us first how you came in, became interested in this and what this is about. Well, I grew up in Boston, and I was obviously the Jaws generation, so I was terrified of sharks every time I went in the ocean. And completely randomly, Discovery asked me if I wanted to host the show Shark After Dark as part of Shark Week, where I got to interview shark experts. Because mm-hmm. I feel like a shark nerd, right. but I never got in the water with them. I was always too afraid. And they, they sent me on a dive, and so we documented it. 
And there are very few moments where your life changes and your, your perspective on everything completely shifts instantly. And I was in the water with them. It was like they were like dogs. They were so curious. They were intelligent. They were sensitive. So I got addicted. I started going in the water with no cage, no nothing. None of them bit me. They were so shy. I, you see me in the movie In the Water with tiger sharks. I, I went caged with great whites. It's being caged. It's protected. Then I learned that we're killing 100 million sharks a year. Now, that's 11,000 an hour. And you think, how, is that, how can you kill 273,000 sharks a day? And that's conservative. It might be as high as 270 million. It might be 30,000 an, an hour. So I wanted to make a film. I started this process of just independently with uh, Lionsgate, this company told them. Um, like Rob Stewart made a film called Shark Water and Shark Water Extinction. I was like, why are we doing this? What is going on? And what I learned is that it's the most corrupt industry. It's so bad. The whole thing is a lie. We've all been lied to. We've all been socially engineered by the fishing industry, by the lobbyists. Everybody wants us to, to be afraid of sharks and to think that the populations are healthy and that there's nothing wrong with killing them. They've dropped 90%. It's, it's basically the meat is so poisonous. It's sold in supermarkets mislabeled that the, the, the shark fin soup, everyone in the world is selling their fins to China. The soup, I go there, I go to Hong Kong and I eat the soup. It literally has no taste. It's like fishing string. I mean, it's like they dry it in the street with dog crap. They, yeah. they scrub it with bleach to clean it. It, it has neurotoxins that cause impotence and dementia. And then in the U.S., it's 300 different types of shark products are sold on Amazon. That FedEx is shipping sharks. That the makeup industry has squalene where there's a plant alternative. Basically, there's no reason. And then, by the way, on the East Coast, this weekend, Newburyport, Massachusetts, Ocean City, Maryland, shark kill tournaments. They're doing them for prizes and likes on social, on social media. And I go to a shark tournament outside Boston where they actually got shut down for this weekend because people were so outraged by the movie. But basically, everyone's like, it's legal, it's fun, it's fine. It's just a couple of sharks. But it's literally, we're decimating our population and they're not going to recover. And the reason we need sharks is because they keep the ocean clean. Yeah. They actually eat the sick and dying fish. That's, and, and the ocean produces half of our oxygen. So when you take out the sharks, they don't eat the grouper, which don't eat the parrotfish, which don't eat the algae. And basically you get algae blooms that happen. They cover the kelp that blocks their oxygen. I mean, there's so many terrible things that happen. The waters turn acidic without sharks. It's like the wolves in the Yellowstone. But because sharks aren't cute and adorable and the people get afraid of them, they, you know, no one sticks up for them. So at a certain point, they're going to be, with, I think within 10 years, they're going to be gone at this rate. You know, There's no you, way they can reproduce fast enough. You know, it's wild, Eli. Is that uh, so? And uh, it's interesting here because you had something that was that lived in in your 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 nightmares as your monster, and here you are a, pa a passionate advocate for them because of your encounters. And and it's it's um it's almost like a, like a fairy tale of a Beauty and the Beast kind of thing. But it is something that is as you start to peel back the layers. We we knew that there was some improprieties, but when you do some research, it's staggering how horrifically criminal uh, a lot of this stuff is. The shark population. Worldwide, from what I understand, is down seventy-one percent, uh, and that's that's a staggering amount. Oh, it's 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 more. That's ninety percent. I mean, it's like it's it's like there's two billion sharks that they killed the last twenty years. And I went in the water in Canada at high season, chumming for them. There was nothing. I mean, and these fishermen will tell you, oh, it's just a shark. It's we use a circle hook. Like I prove, I I just show it's it's like we see circle hooks infecting sharks, and it's it's such a mess. But there's so much money that's being made off of the death of them. The people don't want to change the behavior. People love killing sharks. They love besting the monster. And we just we have to look at what we did with you know whales 50 years ago, where we all said well, they're going to be gone. We, we've yeah. got to save the whales. They're not monsters. Look, we all did it with orcas. You know, we we said okay, we, 
Maybe there's other forms of entertainment other than the orcas. We did it with the circus. So we can do it. But right now, people, I just want people to understand that it does, even if you never go in the water with a shark, they are protecting your oxygen supply and keeping the water clean. And look at these kids. Kids sing that song, Baby Shark, because they relate <laughs> to sharks like a shark as a parent. It's mommy shark. Mm. Kids don't see them as monsters. They see them as parents with mothers and children, and they are. But these kids aren't going to have anything. You're going to have kids now that are two years old. By the time they're 12 or 13, there will not be any more sharks. Do you know, do you know it's... Reaches, it takes nine days. Yeah. No, to, to your point, and you talk about you know the 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 the, um, the image being changed. There was a girl who, and she was in the, in the shallows, and she had there was a you know a shark encounter, and, and she was bitten. But she said it wasn't. Um, the response was so so innocent. She said the shark was being a shark. You know that 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 that, that she had no ill will. That there was you know that that was that was part of the deal. And 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 so listen, there there are obviously we we love the movie Jaws and, and all that stuff, but something this this. Dyer uh, has obviously, uh, you know, made you very passionate about it. And you, not known as a documentarian for the most part, you, you're getting in the, the the thick of it, and you are encountering some very nefarious people. Just watch. I encourage everyone to uh, watch the trailer, and then obviously watch um, the, the, the the series. But the, the truth of the matter is, is that you're dealing with some really bad people. Did you ever yourself feel you were at risk in being proxi- in, in proximity to these people? Well, yes, you're, you're taking on a billion-dollar industry that's run by organized crime. So, of course, there's a risk. But I also thought, well, I can't back out now. Right. I can't just not do it. I can't let fear I can't let fear stop me. You know, we went to Liberia where they have this boat held, and I go on the boat with the Liberian Coast Guard. I mean, this is these are basically it's human trafficking. There's slavery at sea. They, they, sign, they go to the poorest people in the world, get sailors, put them on the boat, and then they don't pay them. Yeah. If they ask for the money, they kill them. Then the boat was caught by Sea Shepherd, the Liberian Coast Guard. And it's sitting in the port in Monrovia, and the Minister of Defense held the boat for me and said, if you can get a camera crew, I'll hold the boat for two more days. We flew to Liberia. I go on there with guys with machine guns, and I go and I see the entire killing machine, the whole death machine, all for this oil that goes into moisturizer, of which there's a plant alternative. Yep. But then one of the, 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 you know, the fishermen starts saying, I'm having a heart attack, and this, what's this guy with the camera, and starts riling up the crew. Jeez. So they had attacked the soldiers before. I mean, they, it almost, I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to get some, some poor fishermen that's going to get killed. They could be, you know, and these guys with machine guns, it was a standoff. I thought they were going to trap me in the freezer. I mean, look, then when I was in New Bedford and I was filming day one, these people were bragging about killing sharks. They're chopping them up with hand saws. By the way, neurosurgeons, lawyers, these are not, they're not, I also went out with like the poor fishermen in Mexico and tried, you know, and explained how are we going to, you know, if you flip to dive tourism, one shark in its lifetime in the Bahamas is worth $250,000 in dive tourism. Jeez. And, and, they're, and so, like, we're saying, why can't you flip to tourism? Like, people would come here and pay to see the sharks, but, but kill them. It's $30 one time use. These people in Massachusetts, they, were, they Googled me that night. They saw that I worked for Shark Week and kind of love sharks. And then, you know, it got very, very, very tense. They wanted their releases back. They wanted the footage back. It's all in the movie. So, look, we're, we're, you're disrupting an industry that is making billions of dollars off the death of the species, so they're going to do everything they can to discredit you and go after you. But, you know, people vote with their dollars. Right now, we have the Shark Fin Sales Elimination Act that passed the Senate and it's gone before the House. I put a button on the top of finthemovie.com where everyone can just go, click, copy the letter, write their rep, saying, please pass the House. So that's a big step. But really the main thing is, like, if you go on my, my Instagram page at Really I Rock, I have everyone trying to shut down going after the sponsors for the Newburyport Shark 
uh, kill tournament, and they're like, and also the Ocean City one. That's a big fishing contest, with which they're giving away prizes for killing and catching sharks, and it's not okay. Like we got, and they go, well, it's legal. They're not endangered. It's like it's all a lie. The fishing industry, the lobbyists, I've seen it firsthand. They're all, they're all paying off politicians to say that. Like it's so hard to get a to get a shark listed as endangered, because all the politicians are paid off. They go, nah, they're fine. So it's really, it's really, the whole thing is a mess. And basically, the bigger point is, why are we doing this at all? It's not like with whales, we go, well, there was no oil. It was the invent, yeah, kerosene is what saved the whales, really, Mm. because people didn't have to kill whales. But with sharks, it's all, it's all a lie. Like, you can go to a restaurant and they'll serve you sharks and mislabel it. So I just made a documentary to raise awareness. I I made, you know, I'm known for my horror movies, and that's good because I wanted the horror fans to see it because they're also a very passionate group. And I wanted it to spread beyond just, conservation-based documentary. It's like, if I can get the horror fans and the mainstream fans to see, look, Leonardo DiCaprio and Nina Dobrev and Michael Muller came on, and, and look, we have an, an amazing that Discovery Shark Week got behind the movie. Well, that's great. It's it, great. No, we it, do something now. Yeah, yeah. We I, do something now that there's no way they can recover. Well, it you're, takes 18 years to be able to breed, so... What's going to happen? Well, your passion is definitely getting the ball rolling and is going to drive this. So Finn is now streaming on Discovery Plus, which is fantastic, by the way. So, Eli, thank you. Good luck with everything. It's a... it's a, uh, Thanks, uh, guys. Uh, appreciate the support. Absolutely. Anytime. We appreciate it. Eli Roth. Yes. Yeah. Wow. There's a guy who's he's definitely passionate. passionate. And then you can sense it. If you yeah. watch, just watch the trailer, you'll see. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's getting into some dicey territory, clearly putting his own life at risk. Uh, for something he really believes in. I love you, Eli Roth, but he ate up about four minutes of our interview with our next guest. What? Who we've had on many times and always love to have on. Ladies and gentlemen, William Shatner. He's on the show with us this morning. Bill, good morning. Thank you, but you know, I I second that that, uh, exactly. I I, uh, recently did an episode of Shark Week, and I was uh, underwater with the great sharks, and we, we were, you know, getting acquainted yeah. as against killing them. And uh, the killing of sharks uh, it reflects the killing of all these apex predators, the, the, the tigers and the lions and uh, all these things that are contributing to, uh, and this is a, not the jump you think it is, to global warming. Right. Because you kill the apex predators, you kill the oceans in the case of sharks, or you kill the lions, you kill the, the, the means of controlling uh, the populations of many other breeds. And global warming, I don't have to tell you guys in New York with the bad air, is happening, and it's, it's, it is essential, critical, that each one of us take on the responsibility of saying, my God, my children aren't going to be able to live uh, if this continues. And that is a fact. So we need to take Eli Roth's uh, film, uh, this warning from people who uh, uh, seem to know these experts and say we all owe a responsibility to the planet to uh, do what we can to be conscious of the fact that global warming is here and the pandemic is a rehearsal wow. for what's about to yeah. happen in the next several years. Well, Bill, with the, with the show I don't understand, you, you tackle some of these big nature questions. Uh, and and well, is you know, that's true, uh, but not per se. Okay. I, uh, I don't understand. So they came to me and said, would you like to do a, a talk show? And I said, well, I'll do a talk show about things I don't understand. Well, 
The truth of the matter is I don't understand anything. <laughs> so anything becomes fodder for a half-hour show saying, well, I don't understand that. So if you get into, uh, like, the opening show, I believe, is lying. So what's a lie? So you get a what's a lie, lie by omission, the truth, and then suddenly during this half-hour talk I'm having with this expert, I evolve into religion. Is religion a lie? And suddenly the conversation takes off from what is a lie to something enormous like why do we believe and what are we believing? So the same thing applies to, um, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to something like sharks. I don't understand why somebody wants to eat a shark fin, <laughs> uh, even though it's customary, like uh, the gefilte fish or something. You know, what? why do you want to eat that? And yes. then, you know, then you're trampling on a custom uh, that somebody's eating shark fin soup for years. But you got to get out of that, man, because shark fins are killing the planet. Yeah, well, so in, in, in the in the in the documentary, so you I do a half hour show and I don't understand shark fins. Yeah, food, yeah, you're into the destruction of the planet. Right. Well, you you have always been a very inquisitive person. Last time we had you on the show, you were talking about your show, The Unexplained, on uh, the History Channel, which is a great show. And and um, you know, you you cover a lot of grounds. I also saw you with the uh, a lot of the folks from the Ancient Aliens uh, uh, show, and and you were sitting kind of a, doing a round table with those guys because you're trying to find out. You know about uh, well, I, I I was invited to go in and talk to them all, so I I had essentially an argument yeah. with all of them, and it turned out to be blissful. I went in as a cynic, came out less of a cynic, but still somewhat cynical about about uh, aliens uh, among us. But but those are conversations I like to have yeah. with you and with a- anybody. Uh, any individual can speak the language uh, is capable of having a conversation that is tremendously interesting just by following their line of thought. Mm. And that's what I don't understand is, and you can get it on portable TV, an app, or RTTV, uh, which is uh, a network. Yeah, so, uh, and I assume, are, are you the one who has full sway over the questions being asked and the, the topics being hit? Because obviously you're a very inquisitive person. Well, uh, indeed. And uh, and uh, because I do <laughs> five half hours in a day, <laughs> I need help in picking uh, <laughs> the stuff, just getting the people and and having some safety questions right. uh, in case I uh, I need help. Mm. But up till now, I haven't needed any help. The conversations lend themselves to that wending conversational thing, that adventure you can have when you're just free to talk. There's no boundaries, so you're now you're talking about uh, talking to Bob Ballard, and I'm saying to him, why would a serious one of the great biologists, marine biologists, go looking for the Titanic for Christ's sake. <laughs> and, we just had Bob Ballard on. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. it's a military move because yep. they're actually looking for a sunken American submarine, the Thresher. Right. And suddenly it all makes sense. Yeah. And I've had a question like, why is why are you doing this? And it leads to that. I don't understand becomes a kind of fascinating mystery. Right. 
That's well. That's good. Listen, you're look at the am, amount of knowledge you're imparting on uh, on any given week through these shows. Uh, do, do you? I mean, as you said, the concept, the question is so open ended that you can keep going forever. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I told them to pick up the show forever. <laughs> that's, that's in the contract. Officially picked up forever. No, it's it's the type of conversations that we like to have here yeah. uh, on our show and exactly. just see where it goes. That's exactly right. Yeah. Ex- except uh, as the guest on your talk show, I don't get paid. Right. <laughs> well, we're not going to change that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, darn it, I thought we were on to something. <laughs> Bill, we just we just love the fact that you keep finding new avenues uh, to go down in uh, in entertainment, whether it be hosting or being a guest or acting or whatever it may be, because you're such a delight. Uh, so we appreciate you checking in with us from time to time, and we always Thank wish you, you. success. Uh, we, we'll need to talk uh, later on this summer about a new album called Bill. Oh, oh, dude, I love your we album. We love your stuff. Has Been is so awesome. I love that album. Thank you. Next album is going to be uh, fascinating, just fascinating. Excellent. In any case, Portable TV, RTTV, uh, I don't understand. It's a, it's a fascinating half hour. Excellent. All right. All right. We, we appreciate it. it. We'll look for it. Thank you. William Shatner, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, he's wow. the best. He's the best. Uba <laughs> gooba. <laughs> I almost said Uba Gooba to him in there. So the last time we had him on, he was going on about that. Oh, he goes, why would you go looking for the Titanic for Christ? <laughs> <laughs> or the way that he throws around, like, man. I mean, yeah. like, he's still in the 1960s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, come on, like, man. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best. And Eli, man, Eli was going on. Dude, he could not even jump no. in. To get a couple of questions in there. So it's true. I mean, it, again, not to go off on a flog of dead sharks, so to speak. They, right. they, they're, 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 it's literally like the case they do with the, the rhinos. They kill them for the horn. I this, remember this whole creature being murdered. Yes. For, at the top of that interview, yeah. I told him I'd seen a long, long time ago. I may have been a teenager. I don't know. But, but I saw this clip on the news of them pulling full-grown sharks out of the ocean. Yeah. They would cut off their fins and just throw them right back in the water. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like... That was horrible. Yeah. It was just horrible to see. Listen, yeah. they uh, they make for great drama. They can be very scary. But uh, again, that, like when my wife has gone scuba diving and encountered, they 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 don't want anything. Sure. In their, now, obviously, encounters take place in the in the surf, and that's there. There are different reasons why that happens. Yeah. But, or uh, you might get one that's starving. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and go after something that's not. Listen, they're dangerous. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I don't I don't want to play patty cake with a right. polar bear, but I don't want this. Right, yeah. right. right. Always, no need to go killing them. Right. right. You know, you so. should always go swimming with some steak just in case they're hungry. And you throw no, it away. you put the steak on your friend yeah. swimming yeah. down the beach. <laughs> go get some of this. Yeah. We're taking a break. <laughs> We're coming back. Please stay with us. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. Acme Markets is making your grocery shopping and saving easier than ever. Download the Acme app today to see your all-new deals, rewards, and perks. Use it to view the weekly ad, clip digital coupons, redeem rewards, and to shop any way you want. In-store, delivery, or drive up and go. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver it right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. All right, tourists, 
were left. Actually, one tourist was left clinging on for dear life after the glass panels of a 330-foot-high bridge in China were damaged to strong wind and strong winds. We were just talking about this. We are talking about this very bridge a little while ago. And uh, this notion came up. And watching this guy cling on for dear life, it's like, maybe I'll never go on that bridge. Yeah. The glass-bottomed bridge is located at a resort built into the uh, Payan Mountain. A uh, terrifying image uh, purportedly shows a man clinging onto the railing after winds of up to 90 miles per hour. Blew away some of the glass panels on Friday. Uh, the man was stuck on the bridge for a brief period of time. He crawled to safety, guided by firefighters, police, and forestry and tourism workers. Uh, the man was later taken to the hospital where he has been receiving psychological counseling following the ordeal. Yeah. The images have been sh- since been shared uh, many times on Twitter where people have been expressing their horror. It's understood that the resort was closed for a brief period following the potentially fatal incident. Uh, Chinese mountain re- resorts are increasingly featuring popular glass bottom bridges as a way to attract tourists. So these are apparently popping up all over the place. So, quick question. Why were they allowing people to walk across the bridge when the winds were blowing at 90 yeah, miles an hour? A good question. A hiker in Missouri was seriously injured after being shot by a hunter who thought he was a turkey. Oh, man. <laughs> I gotta see this guy. Official, I don't know why this happens all the time. Official said. Every time I go out, I get shot because people think I'm a turkey. They responded Saturday to a hunter-related incident. Rescue crews used utility vehicles to reach the man, who eventually was Makes airlifted. Makes me so upset. <laughs> airlifted to a trauma center. Uh, the hiker was in serious condition. Witnesses said they believed the shooting was a freak accident, and that hikers sometimes wear bright colors to prevent being mistaken. Uh, for turkeys. I'm not a turkey! But sometimes, even while wearing bright, reflective clothing, these people will still get shot. Well, what happens is I think a lot of people, maybe new hunters, will be out there and they, oh, and then they just pull the trigger. Movement. Yeah. Wow. Uh, this is pretty messed up. One person was killed. Another was injured after what uh, began as a water gun battle <laughs> ended in a shootout. That's cheating. Authorities said a group of youths were playing with squirt guns and water balloons at Kenwood Park around 5 p.m. when a fight broke out among the participants. The altercation rapidly escalated, and the sheriff's office said those fighting began exchanging gunfire. One victim collapsed on the scene. The 18-year-old was uh, rushed to a hospital but died of his injury shortly after arriving. Yeah, second person who was wounded in the shooting left the scene before authorities arrived. He was later dropped off at a hospital with what uh, deputies described as non-life-threatening injuries. Uh, detectives are reviewing surveillance footage and interviewing witnesses from the park. Have you seen these new little water guns? Uh, that it They're doesn't, awesome. They don't shoot, like, streams of water. They shoot little, like... Basically, like water bullets. Yeah, they're cool. Like, yeah, have you you know no used one? No, we but I want to get them. We should. Yeah. We should. We should have like uh, the gunfight at the OK Corral. Yeah, uh, the Massachusetts man who authorities alleged faked suicide to evade prosecution on charges that he lied to secure federal stimulus loans agreed this week to plead guilty to conspiring to uh, commit bank fraud. David Staveley, fifty-three years old, agreed to a plea agreement. Uh, to admit to two of the seven counts he faces, conspiracy and failure to appear in court. I'm saying I should not be obligated to pay this back since I committed suicide. In exchange, federal prosecutors would dismiss counts of bank fraud, making false statements, and aggravated identity theft. Stavely faces up to 40 years in prison. Wow. Last May, he and David Butzker, uh, but no, I'm sorry, Butziger. (laughs) 
<laughs> Which worse. one is worse? Became the first people in the nation to be charged with defrauding the CARES Act SBA Paycheck Protection Program. Uh, but, but Zeiger and Stavely, <laughs> who were listed as uh, owners of the former Remington House restaurant, were charged with conspiring to make false statements to secure the more than $500,000 in forgivable business loans and conspiring to commit bank fraud. Uh, prosecutors allege at the time of their arrest that the men applied for loans and for businesses that weren't operating prior to the onset of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, Stavely claimed in a loan application seeking more than $438,000 uh, that he had dozens of employees at three restaurants. Like, they didn't, they weren't even operating. That's amazing. And he was doing this. So, uh, apparently, he was uh, he was released on a $10,000 unsecured bond, but less than a week later, uh, they ordered him on home detention uh, and GPS monitoring after a woman he briefly dated accused him of harassing and intimidating her. Well, weeks later, they received an alert that Stavely's GPS monitor had been removed. Mm-hmm. An arrest warrant was issued. They launched a fugitive investigation. They recovered his vehicle with its doors unlocked, key and, igni- and ignition uh, near a beach in Quincy, Massachusetts. His wallet and credit cards were there. Driver's license were in the vehicle along with a typed and signed suicide note. They attempted to locate his body, but concluded he had faked his death and fled to avoid prosecution. I can't go on. My name is Bud Zeiger. Yeah. Uh, Investigators eventually located him in Georgia in a minivan with California plates. At the time, he was in possession of multiple forms of identifications and ID badges bearing different names. So Uh he was busted. The balls on these people. And then one last story. Let's end with this one. Two mariners with questionable nautical sense. Were saved from the ocean near Isla Vista on Saturday aboard their homemade boat constructed from buckets and kiddie pools. It was the male non-engineering students in their tw- early twenties crafted a makeshift boat from twenty home bucket Home Depot buckets. We can do this. Two plastic kiddie pools, plywood and duct tape. They headed off to sea near Camino del Sur. They had uh, paddled. Uh, but they lacked wetsuits for the voyage in the ocean where the seas were calm, but water temperatures were approximately 55 degrees. The tide kept pushing them further and further from the shore. Approximately 300 yards before county fire was summoned. <laughs> Look at this. Look I know. I've seen thing. it. Yeah. They thought the ocean was the right place to test this vehicle out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, not, a, not a lake. No, not a pool. Not a river. Notified approximately at 2 a.m., county fire dispatcher, water rescue team <laughs> members, uh, and firefighters made contact with the wayward mariners about 30 minutes later and brought the pair safely to shore with no injuries. Ahoy! They were very fortunate <laughs> that someone saw them. And a surprising sentence in this story, alcohol was not a factor huh. in the bad boating decision, mm. firefighters said. They were just stupid. Great ad for Home Depot, though. And that is what I have in the bizarre file for you. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. If you like what you hear, you can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Acme Markets is making your grocery shopping and saving easier than ever. Download the Acme app to see your all-new deals, rewards, and perks today. Use it to view the weekly ad, flip digital coupons, redeem rewards, and to shop in-store, delivery, or drive up and go. Open the Acme app, flip your deals, and then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR. 
with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. What's going on, Steve? Well, Khloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson following through on a promise to co-parent their three-year-old daughter, True, by taking her to her dance class yesterday. Miraculously, though, it was one in the afternoon, Thompson still managed to find two tub girls to have sex with. Oh, oh all right. <laughs> Alicia Vilkander, who is uh, in Tomb Raider, says there might actually be a sequel in the works. Vikander says there is uh, still more story to tell, like the part where she gets paid for starring in a sequel. <laughs> and finally, Lauren... Pumpkin Shannon, the eldest daughter of Mama June Shannon of Honey Boo Boo fame, gave birth to a baby boy yesterday. Proud father Bentley J. Eford told a reporter that, quote, Pumpkin done pissed a midget. Nope. Oh <laughs> that's your Hollywood track. Living, breathing human beings sitting in our studio just to my left here, our first guest in 465 days. That blows my mind. I know. Yeah. I know, and it's great to be able to uh, welcome some people into our studio. So we are... Happy to uh, tell you about Is There Still Sex in the City at the Bucks County Playhouse. We would like to welcome the creator of Sex in the City, writer of 10 books and all kinds of great stuff, Candace Bushnell is here this morning. Good morning. Good morning. And along with Candace is the producing director of Is There Still Sex in the City, Mr. Alex Fraser. Hey. Is here. Hey. Great to be here. Good morning. Thank you guys for joining us. So, yeah, we're excited to have, you know, face-to-face, <laughs> eye contact, all this uh, connectivity that we're going to get here in the studio. So thanks for being here, guys. It's a thrill. We appreciate it. Candace, um, 10 books I had mentioned that uh, that you've written. Uh, when did you begin as an author, just to, to, to get a start? When, when did you first put pen to paper and realize, I can do this? I, well, I was first published when I was 19. Wow. So I knew, and I talk about some of this in the in the show, but I knew very on as a, as a kid that I wanted to be a writer. And then I just had to figure out how to do it. Yeah. And I started very early and struggled for a long time. Uh, and then got the column Sex in the City. But I'd written quite a few. I was really developing, in a sense, Sex in the City, my style, all of that, all through my 20s. A lot of what became familiar to us as that article and what became uh, that column and became the show, you were sort of honing. We would recognize elements in earlier work of yours. Well, I started writing about some of the characters in Sex in the City actually in the 80s. Wow. Okay. So there were a couple of characters. I had names for them, like Amelita Almalfi is a character who was in the first season and of the show. And that was a character I started writing about in probably 1988. Wow. When, when, so you, you've, it's funny because you, you, you worked your way through so much of what is so intrinsically New York and the New York experience. And uh, I was telling Preston that you, um, you worked with Anna Wintour and and uh, and that whole deal. We're we're massive fans of The Devil Wears Prada and and that whole dynamic. So you've lived a lot of the stuff that we are fascinated with. Um, so you were born in Connecticut and and did did you just say it's got to be New York or nothing else? Uh, as a kid, I always planned to live in New York and be a writer because that's where the writers live. Right. Uh, you know, I grew up in in the suburbs, kind of the country. And nobody I knew was in any kind of a creative business. And, you know, I just didn't come from a world where doing something creative was even considered a possibility. I mean, people would just laugh at you. Yeah. Uh, And 
Uh, and then I went to college for a year, and then I ran away to New York. Mm. I mean, it's, it's to me, it's a ballsy move to do that. It it's, was very ballsy. Very ballsy. And I, when I look back on it, I think I, I was fearless. Yeah. I was just absolutely fearless at 18, 19, 20s. And that's how human beings are supposed to be. I mean, we are supposed to be fearless at that time and leave the nest. How did you get imbued with that? Did that come from your parents? They're both successful, yes? Yes, they are. Um, or did, did, it, it, was, no, did it spark with I you? Just, but I, you know, I think I was just one of those kids, like so many people who end up in New York. You feel like you're the one different person <laughs> in your town. Right. Yeah, it's a town full is, of different people. That is the sort of universal story amongst so many people who come to New York, I just felt a little different. Yeah. I just, I had to go to New York and find my people. And Alex, being a theatrical producer, you're surrounded by people who were fearless and <laughs> saying, I'm going to go to New York and do this. I was uh, raised in Memphis. Okay. My, my father was a kid in New York and grew up in New York. And the first time we went, I think I was eight years old, and I looked at him and said, why did you leave? Yeah. <laughs> it's a horrible place. And we both went to New York when we were 17, in fact, okay. the same year. Mm-hmm. Well, coincidence. So is, is there Sex in the City, um, the, the stage show, one-woman show? This is your debut on stage, correct, Hannah's? It is. Though I've, I've seen many interviews with you. You're a very dynamic speaker. You seem to have the ability to tell stories very effectively. But this is still a big hurdle. I think if I really thought about it, I probably would freak out because, <laughs> you know, for some, I, it, you know, this, this started, it was a little bit of a smaller idea. It was because I do a lot of lectures yeah, and I've been doing lectures for years and I'm, I'm, I have a side of me that's really lazy and I never, ever once sat down and wrote out a lecture. I would just get up and wing it and tell stories, which is Kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but that's what I did. So then I thought that this would probably be like a modified version of that. And then I showed up <laughs> at rehearsal and I was like, wait, who are all these people? <laughs> I got props. Yeah. I've got blocking. <laughs> I have to talk on the phone. I actually have to act. Yeah. Even though it's from your experience, yeah, it's a yeah. different thing. Yeah, and I have to stick to the script yeah. as well. So it's 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 a lot, and I also realize it's not the kind of thing that everybody can do because you have to keep so many different things in your brain at the same time. You know, the blocking and the the emotion and. Yeah, the way you carry yourself, it. your movement, yeah, movements, oh, all that stuff. There's no way I could that. never do that. Oh, it's it, we are we we are amazed when people, you know, the, the classic one man, one woman shows oh. where you know, like what what would be Goldberg did, or 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 when Patrick <laughs> Stewart commentary. did a Charles yeah. uh, To me, it defies. We've attempted to cut thirty second promos for a local TV station, and you would have thought we were staging Moby Dick live. It was, <laughs> right. it was, I mean, it just seems so impossible. But because this is so near and dear to you. It is your it, these your it's your 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 child basically that you're performing on, on stage. Yes. Does that help? It certainly does. Okay. It does. It, I wrote it. Uh, you know that helps, and and it is my story. Yeah. So, yes, that definitely helps. 
So, so the question that you ask is: There still sex in the city? And that's a good question to ask. Um, obviously, there was the, the, the you know you you'd written this. Did, did the idea of the one woman play start at the beginning of the writing of the the because this is. Uh, well, actually, I I started writing the book, Is There Still Sex in the City? I think I started writing it in 2017, okay. 2018. It came out in 2019. And it was really inspired by the reality of my life and the Sex in the City woman 25 years later. Yeah. And it's it's really, it's, you know, it's the same woman that I was writing about in Sex in the City. She was single in her 30s, ambitious, uh, you know, maybe looking for love, or but really looking for herself. And then what happened, for me anyway, and the, most of my Sex in the City friends ended up getting married, having kids. I didn't have kids, but a lot of my friends did. And then having a more conventional life. So the, the Sex in the City years are really now like a phase in women's lives. Mm -hmm. And then what happened is I got divorced. I thought, oh, gosh, I'm the only one who's divorced. And then all of my friends ended up getting divorced as well. (laughs) (laughs) You joined the party. You know, people who you think, oh, my God, they're so in love. (laughs) They have problems. And there are also a lot of changes that happen. There's a lot of loss in your 50s because, you know, just because of our human lifespan, yep. chances are you're going to lose a parent. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, if you get divorced, a lot of people have to move. They're really upending their lives that they've had for, you know, what they thought was going to be a pretty stable life, you know, that would go on where you really have to make changes in your 50s, move find a new group of people. And what I found was that all of my Sex in the City friends, we all kind of came back. Isn't that wild? And what was interesting was that a couple of the characters who were my original inspiration for the characters in Sex in the City were, you know, were part of this group. And so it was, again, a big group of single women we're all in our 50s, even some of us in our early, you know, in our 60s. And once again, the same things happened. Everybody wants to start dating. <laughs> they want to know about relationships. Right. But the things have changed. There's the Internet. And, you know, because of porn, <laughs> people have, you know, there are things that we never would have thought would have been okay. For instance, younger guys being after Older women. Yes. Twenty five yeah. years ago, that was like, ooh, it's a cougar, or ooh, it's. But now, you know, people are much more open to different ideas, and the, there's this idea that an older woman, because of the milf, is sexy mm-hmm. and is also an object of desire. So one of the things that my friends and I found was. And we were looking at each other like, this cannot be. But it happened to all of us. We had like 23-year-old guys after us. And we would be like, is he flirting with us? <laughs> Does he know? Does he know? Like, was, it, was, that, was that the most, was that one of the more pronounced? Because not only are you, so the, the original collective is back together. You have this dynamic that right. now it's aged by, by some time. 
But there's still a lot of the same things that made you what you were then are still component parts of who you are now. Yes. But not only are you dealing with the, the advancing of time, but the world, as you said, with the Internet and with things that have, you know, we hear of people who have, you talk about porn and porn addiction that have made, we, we, we talk about this on the air, of guys who believe, oh, what I just saw in that 30-second loop on my computer, that's what intimacy is. Mm-hmm. So you're dealing with all that. Yes. And, yeah. and I make a couple of jokes about this in the show. But, yeah, I mean, sex is its definitely changed in that sense. Like, I talk to young women, you know, oh, they hooked up with someone, and I'll say... How long was the hookup? Five minutes. <laughs> you know, the whole thing from beginning to end is five minutes. It's like, wait a minute. You need at least 30 minutes here. Right. But no one's got time. I, I got to go on my phone, you know. Right. I got to check Twitter. Yeah. Or TikTok, I suppose. Yeah. Candace, I, I watched the, the TV show, and, and all due respect to the Carrie Bradshaw uh, character arc, but I really, towards the end of the show, uh, found the, the character arcs of uh, Charlotte and Miranda and, and Samantha just more interesting, and, and there was more um, going on in their lives that I found personally uh, fascinating. Uh, and when you talked about older women hooking up with younger men, it just brought to mind um, Samantha and Smith on, on uh, mm-hmm. Sex in the City, the TV show. Did that... Uh, is it a case of life imitating art, imitating life for you? Well, that happens a lot. I mean, I, I actually, I had a husband who was 10 years younger. Um, so that was always kind of a part of my life, but yes, there's, there's a lot of that. And for instance, I married a ballet dancer and Hmm. Who does Carrie end up going out with? Yeah, ballet dancer. Mikhail Baryshnikov. Exactly. Uh And she got a good one. Yes, so there are a lot of, you know, little sort of crossovers, homages, as Darren Starr likes to say, um, and uh, it's it's fun. Well, me, I love it. Let me ask Alex, so your charge, Candace is arguably, um, you know, you, you are a, a pop culture nexus for so much that has gone on. A lot of what you thought of and created became part of the nomenclature. I mean, it's, it's this is a, a a huge chunk of it. So, Alex, your left, your charge is to help port what what Candace has wanted to convey onto the stage. How does that how does that work? Well, we're really lucky because Candace has two knockout talents. She's an incredible writer and she's an incredible communicator and she's a natural. And watching her, I mean, one I've done a lot of one man shows, Ian McKellen on up and um wow. it's the writing. You got to write it. It's got to be on the page, and it has to have a beginning, middle, and end, and you have to tell a story, and you have to engage people, and it's tough. And she's done an incredible job. So the script itself is really strong. We've been working on it a lot, and um, we're really excited. But also, she's a natural communicator. She's funny. She's she knows what she thinks. She's directing her communication, and we think that's going to come really strong. It's, it's such a cool thing to have that, um, I mean... A lot of people talk about, of all the entertainers, whether they're in film or whatever, that that stage thing to look out and see faces looking back at you and your message is going straight through is the thing they always reference as the purest form of what they do. So um, I assume you've done a few test runs yet or no? Uh, rehearsals and in front of an audience. Yes, okay. we, we have. All right. And was that um, nerve wracking or did it feel right? Or both? I think it's a little, uh, it's nerve-wracking, but also 
I think there's another element to this that it's very, you know, it's a pattern. Yeah. And it's there's a real physical element to it. Um, and, you know, I haven't, I've, I've really just done it in front of a few people. So okay. it's, it's. Yeah, you know, it's, it's. I don't know. I mean, it feels it feels good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, coming from from a place, and we were talking about some of the people at SNL during um yeah, during the the pandemic, and when they had limited audience, when your audience starts to get a little bit larger, things start to hit with different people, and your reaction. I mean, that's the nature of the beast. You know, it's the difference. And so they were towards the end. They had their full show with a, a full attendance and jokes, or, you know, or just references or experiences hit and resonate your odds of hitting with someone increases so yes yeah so that's something to look forward to yes exactly yeah. if you're just tuning in uh candace bushnell is here and alex frazier and uh they're talking about uh, is there still sex in the city which is uh, playing at bucks county playhouse first performance is coming up on june 22nd i'll run through Mid-July, July 18th to be more specific. Uh, Candace, I want to touch on something that Steve said. He, he said um, the nexus of pop culture. And uh, I remember at, as the television show uh, was taking on a life of its own and it, it had blossomed into this thing uh, that was just constant conversation among people. Uh, we use, we relied on it for, yeah. for show material yeah. all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. What was that evolution like to see this baby that... You know, okay, a TV show. Wow, I hope it. I hope. I hope it takes off, and then it takes off, and then yes. it really takes off and blossoms into where not only is it a TV show, it's a TV show that's being referenced in movies and other forms of of entertainment that have popped up. What was that? What was that ride like as it was ascending? It had to have been amazing. Well, I you know I think that people it happened really slowly over time. I mean that's re- that's the reality, yeah. and you know we shot the pilot. We re- didn't know for months and months and months, for nine months or ten months, and that it was going to go to series. Oh. And then, you know, HBO never ordered another season. I think until there were three or four seasons in. Uh, so, so you really don't know. Mm-hmm. And the reality of TV is, you know, I've been on sets. I was on the set of Lipstick Jungle, where which was my second TV show. And it was a Friday, and they they said, hey, we're shutting this down. So it's a very unpredictable business. And there's a part of it that it's really out of your control. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And, and so you just have to... Enjoy it. So it really grew. It actually grew slowly. Because remember, it was on HBO. Yeah. It wasn't on network TV. Right. And, and HBO was and a different animal at the HBO time. HBO was yeah. a different animal. They mm-hmm. had a limited number of subscribers. Mm-hmm. So it was really word of mouth. That's true. And it was a cult following. And then more and more people started watching it. And I mean, I like to think that it's, it was certainly one of the reasons why people were signing up. To watch HBO. Well, it helps shift the, the model a little bit. They, they started creating far more. I mean, that was without without Sex in the City and and what it became. I don't think you would have had them exploring creating more new content. And, and that became. I mean, ex- back then they had shows like Dream. I mean, even before you Dream on and things like that. You know. Well, they all they only had one show before Sex in the City. Oh, did, okay. Arliss. Arliss. Mm. Yes. Yeah, see, people don't 
remember that. And then they had Arliss, Sex in the City, and then The Sopranos. Wow. So it was, I think it was really like their second or third scripted show that they'd ever done. It's so weird because you, you've spent all your time as, as a writer and, you you know, a lot of your time is spent in isolation. You, you it is. Hours and hours and hours living in, in a world and yet to to inform what you do, I, we think of you as the ultimate, you know, fo- uh, FOMO person, you know, who's, <gasps> who's got to be tapped into everything. How I, do, you, how do I, you juggle both? It's hard. Yeah. Because it's my nature I am the ultimate FOMO person. Right, right. I am. If I hear about a party that I wasn't invited to, <laughs> I, I'm really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the other way. I'm like, thank yeah. you so no. much. Yeah, yeah. I see. Here's the deal. <laughs> I want to be invited to the party. I just don't want to go. Yeah, same <laughs> but way. But you yeah. want to go, right? I want to go. Yeah. And, and But, you know, that's so New York because, yeah. you know, New York before the internet, which was really most of most of the time of New York, everybody went out. That yeah. was where life took place. Life did not take place in your apartment. Yeah, it took place on the street. It took place in the restaurants. Every place was theater in New York. As soon as you stepped outside, and you had to interact with people, you were constantly interacting with people. Um, Are we losing that? Have we I, lost that? Yes, I think so. Especially even now, accelerated exponentially because of what just happened? Well, I think when I see New York now, one of the differences I see is that, you know, before the pandemic, everybody was on their phones all the time. Right. And, you know, being on your phone, it's it's really a great way to kind of remove yourself from a situation like, oh, I'm just going to go on my phone mm-hmm. and go into that world. Right. That's something that you didn't used to be able to do in New York. And now I've noticed since the pandemic and New York's coming back, people are really valuing oh. that interpersonal experience. And when I go to restaurants, I see people have their phones down. People are not sitting in restaurants on their phones. They are engaged with each other. And that's one of the big differences. And even walking down the street, I don't see so many people on their phones constantly. So there is hope. Mm-hmm. We've had enough time on the yeah. phone. Exactly. We had a year and a half on the yeah. phone. Yeah. Time to put it down. I yeah. think people are a little sick of screens. Yeah. yeah. I, I am. I think people want that authentic in person, I am there experience. I get annoyed sometimes. Like I'm like, what are you checking your phone for again? Like I know. I it's enough the same is enough. Thing. It's Who like cares? why t- why am I looking at Instagram where okay, I just got one follower and lost two. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well you talked about the, the it used to be about going to, you know, being in a in a place late at night with Carl Lagerfeld or, or, you know, somebody who's there and who are the people who are there. And and now it's more about how many hits, how many likes, how many, you know, that all that business that could be conducted conceivably while you're sitting on the toilet at home. You know, it, it's it's not the same sort of thing in a time where, um, you know, apparently did you, 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 had, you had visited Studio 54 when you got to New York. Was that correct? Or, oh, yes. Okay. So I love the movie 54. I, I'm fascinated. By that time period, and and Steve Rubell and all that stuff, um, but to me, and the funny thing is, is I couldn't. I probably the, the notion of going to a place like that is, would, is horrifying to me. But the lifestyle is fascinating, you know. So so that was something. Are we ever going to see something like that? Like the 
where where that you know those places would pop up like oh everyone's going will that happen again that's a good question i you know i uh, part of that happened because you have uh, you know i mean manhattan it's an island yeah so you know people who are on that island have fair, you know, there's a really shared experience. Like, we are stuck on this island together. <laughs> right. And, I mean, the reality is, you know, the people who went out and who were written about, bold-faced names, et cetera, we're probably talking about 2,000 people. Okay. You know, it's the 2,000 kind of in-crowd. And you could survive on that. I mean, there were all of those restaurants and i mean i don't know how many people were in studio 54 maybe a max of five or six hundred a night mm-hmm. well, maybe yeah. it was a thousand maybe but you I just think- always think so much more like it's the, the the biggest thing yes but there was also you know again it goes back to that live theater idea yeah. of you know there was a shared experience and excitement that happens when People are together in the same space. Right, right. It's fascinating. Yeah, and I think I think you're right about people wanting to be back to that. That's why this is a great opportunity because I mentioned to a couple people you were coming on the show and they they freaked out because you you mean so much in so many ways to so many people. Uh, And here's a perfect way to get up and up close and personal, as they say. Yes, yes, and it's also. I mean, I feel like. Really designing the show, it's like a, it's a night out with your friends. Yeah. You should come with your friends, uh, have a great time, and that's how I see it. It's, it's like girlfriends getting together, yeah. guy friends getting together. Let's go and do something. Yes. Absolutely. You know, let's our, do something. Our bartenders it. are getting the Cosmos ready. <laughs> <All right. Exactly. laughs> Question on that real quick, because uh, Marissa, uh, one of our producers, she's in the other room, is a, a diehard uh, fan of uh, Sex and City. Is Cosmo, is that still on your uh, menu at all? Do you still drink those? I do. Yeah. And sometimes I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Because I'll say, oh, I'll order a Cosmo. And then I think, oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's so obvious. Yeah. It's so obvious. But, yes, I do still drink them. I Not the way I used to. Okay. okay. I got gotcha. you. You know, it's like uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there will be plenty on hand at the Bucks County Playhouse yes. uh, for this show. Oh, in fact, after the show, I'm going to do a book signing. Excellent. Oh, wow. So, and we're going to sell books. So okay. that's another way to, you can come to the show and then get a book signed. It's great. Wonderful. It's, it's a great opportunity. Excellent. People well, are chomping at the bit. I think it's going to be great. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Live shows again, live in-studio guests. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, we want to thank you guys for coming by here today. And you're going to be in the neck of the woods over the next month or so. So that'll be nice having you close yeah. by. Uh, we wish you great success. And uh, just to remind people that uh, is there still sex in the city? Uh, is going to be a Bucks County Playhouse. Uh, the performances begin next Tuesday, June 22nd. They go through July 18th. And you can get tickets available at bcptheater.org. We'll put the link up on com and make it very easy for yep. you to get those tickets. Great to meet you guys. Thanks, Thanks so much. Guys. We Thank you it. so much. No problem. Candace and Alex is here hey! this morning on the Preston and Steve Show. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. Make sure that you stay close. Steve Show Podcast.
93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks.